0: What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast, our 100th episode. Someone put some sound effects behind it. It is exciting. Lyndon, how are you doing? My, my buddy, Lyndon Burton, always joining me. We've been doing this for 100 episodes, and we got a big episode for you guys today it's
1: vengeance
0: or i'm vengeance (laughs) but no man still still (laughs) hype off that batman
1: stuff last week but now, 100 episodes thank you the viewer the fan thank you fellow binger thank you everybody who's in this bingers community we love you love you love you love you 100 episodes talking movies and tvs with my guy shuby this has been amazing not only that we have and funny enough, I didn't even realize it was the hundred. But we got like some good shit planned today. We got an am- an amazing it match. Movies are back. Funny enough, yeah.
0: And that's the thing. Like, it's very fitting that this is the hundredth episode, and we both got back into the theater for the first time. This which past, some may this say weekend, we're so. crazy.
1: So, like, some may say like we're wilding. But and, and to, to them, they may we're be mad. And it's just like to me. I'm just gonna say this one time, just so I don't feel guilty, because. I was thinking all all the time leading up to this podcast, how am I going to communicate this? But I've I've, I've determined that it's just like, look, if you're going out to eat, you can't tell me shit about going to the movies. Like, there are people who go to the restaurants daily. I stay in my house majority of the day. The only time I leave out of my house is to maybe pick up takeout if I'm not cooking. Other than that, I'm at my house. And when I went to the movies, I felt safe. It was clean. I had hand sanitizer. No one was around me. So, like, look, what you gonna do? I, I gotta go see movies. Oh, funny enough, the 100 episode, it's it just, it's karma that, or it's ironic. Let me not say karma. It's ironic that the first movie back is, is New Mutants and not Tenant. Like, that, that's what's ironic about it. But funny enough, we will be reviewing
0: Tenant next week. But yeah, yeah. man,
1: gotta You
0: know, people in this pandemic situation have to be the first ones to kind of take the chance. And so we wanted to take the chance because we know that everyone's going to want to get out for tenant. We're here to tell you that if you know, you should consider thinking about going back in the theater because they are taking every precaution they can to be able to make it a safe experience. And for us, you know, we both had ex- two experiences that seemed like it was it was back to normal with the movies. And I was it in felt there nice by to myself be back in the theater.
1: <laughs> like it was just me. Me by myself sitting there, you had people in yours, but I'm yeah, I, I, by myself. Out. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't really have anyone around me and like, I never really was in close contact with anybody. I wore the mask the whole time. Ooh, uh, see, it, that's
1: a it difference a little, my, That's a well, difference you in you my you didn't my have habits. anyone in there.
0: You didn't but, have anyone in there. But see,
1: I asked, no, wait, wait, let me tell you, because see, this is interesting. I asked, because I, 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 when I walked in, I was like, glad to have everybody back, because they know me, like, you gotta understand, before this pandemic, me and Truman were going to see movies every week. Those people know me at Sometimes the Sometimes twice a week. Sometimes twice a week, exactly. So when I walked in, I was like, glad to have, see everybody back. They are like, glad to have you back, blah, blah, blah. And so I asked the manager, I was like, yo, bro, do I have to wear a mask? Like, cause I don't mind wearing a mask. Do I have to wear a mask when I'm sitting down watching the movie? He's like, no, you can take it off. But if you leave, you have to put it back on. And I was like, so the Mate. whole time I'm watching the movie, you don't have to wear it. I was he's like,
0: yeah, you don't. Was like, that was the same protocol for that, and that's probably just a preference thing. Because for me, like knowing that there were still people in there, and knowing like that, you know, being indoors with people is where it gets a little bit more scary. I've I felt more comfortable just wearing it the whole time because it doesn't bother me that much to, to do to do so. Um, yeah, of you- course, you know, I'd take it off to like eat snacks or take a sip of a drink, but like I'd rather just like wear it.
1: I don't blame you. Look, if they had people in mind, I'd have probably wore too, just to keep it keep it a bean. But yeah. also, if you're trying to go to the movies, go at a time where you don't think other people are gonna go. Like pick the most, I mean, in, I'm, pick the most I inconvenient time. Oh, what day was it? Today, it's Sunday. But see, three on a Sunday. I went at twelve o'clock or uh, two o'clock on a on a either a Friday or a Saturday. Whatever day that I think that was yesterday. I think it. Was, I think yeah, it was weekday probably be better. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. You go at like two o'clock, you'd be good. I, but see, tenant, man, I'm planning. I'm trying to go see that on Wednesday. But the thing is, it's only at seven o'clock, and that's a prime time time hour. And it's like, oof. I don't know if I'm waiting till
0: Thursday. I got I got a showing at four. It's a little bit of a. It's a little bit farther than the theater that I usually go to. But I'm like, I'd rather hit up a four o'clock than wait until the night.
1: I might have to try to find another guy like, because there's three theaters around me. I'm going to try to find the earliest one. But glad movies are back, man. 100th episode. We got a dope pitch-it match between myself and Schmidt Dua to see who plays Charles Reese in the conference finals. Should we give us... Because I'm not going to say anything. Give us your thoughts on
0: the match without spoiling anything. What should they look forward to at the end of the show? I think in um, this pitch-it match, you get some really unique... Takes on pitches, and then you know, uh, and Lyndon's side, he does a he where we had Jake do his take on like how to knock down an opponent. Lyndon does his take on how to knock down opponents. So, if you're a student of the pitch it game, trying to figure out you know what's the best way to go about making some pitches, we've seen Jake's approach, and now you'll this week you'll see Lyndon's approach. And you know, I just think that from both sides, we got a lot of uh, really unique pitches. That some of them were way out of the box that I wouldn't have thought of.
1: It was a crazy match, man. Like it, it was, it was a. I want to say this without spoiling anything. This match, this match lived up to last week's match. I, 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 if I'm being a critic of ourselves, if I'm self-scouting ourselves. I'd say the last two matches we've had have arguably been some of the best matches. I think, I think all competitors are starting to understand the arena. I think all competitors are starting to like find their footing. And I think like we're in for a, an amazing conference finals in finals. Cause Jake Definitely. has to win twice.
2: Yeah. J- so J- like
1: J- Jake has to win twice. So if me, so if Charles are the winner of me and Schmidt, lose to Jake twice we deserve to get our asses beat that's fair like that, that's that how I feel fair. about it and I know Schmidt feels the same way we've talked yeah. about that and so like it's just like so yeah um, y'all, y'all be on the lookout to see who wins that at the end of this uh match and then we're gonna do our review after that we're re- sure. crazy crazy Lovecraft episode this week
0: A crazy Lovecraft episode and also shout out to our boy Ian who comes back on to judge it's shout good to, to have Ian. him on there and, yeah, you know, we'll plug it again at the end, but we also did earlier in the week, a review of Goodfellas for a run it back episode on the bros who think with it, you, us and Ian. And it was a pretty fun one. So it was, it was run good it to get back, back into it. You know, a lot of people who listen to the podcast and people who are just now kind of um, getting on board now that we've been doing the video, uh, have really expressed interest in us reviewing older, uh, older movies. And I promise we'll be doing it again soon. Oh yeah, um, no!
1: Run it, run it back is here to stay. I love that fucking show. It just gives it just gives us reason to review some of the greatest movies of all time. And look, the poll the polls. By the time you guys hear this, I was I was waiting on the polls because I'm trying to like you know we still got run it back, Goodfellas like still hot, hot on the press like never read your sure, friends. I'm,
0: and I don't think like the next one we're doing Run it Back. Yeah, the next Run it Back isn't live action, or is it? No, we're gonna
1: like, it it. it it doesn't matter for us. Like the, the anime yeah. one's going to drop, but like us, we're, I'm thinking about dropping the poll probably by the time you guys hear this, if not the next day, but we're going to do a poll right. for the Quentin Tarantino movie that, that announcement. We're doing a Quentin Tarantino movie for the next running back. So we're gonna have a poll between like Pulp Fiction, Django might throw in Jackie Brown as
0: a curve um, Inglorious bastards.
1: Maybe. Yeah, But see, I, I, that one, I feel like Goodfellas was such a talky film that I'm that I'm I'm looking for something with a little more, you know, a little more. Well, then don't put Jackie Brown in there. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'm just I might throw. I don't know. I, I gotta see. I gotta see what we're gonna throw in there. But the people of Pickett and uh, we'll we'll do what you guys want us to do because y'all are the community and we do this for you right. guys. But yeah, man. It, whenever you're ready, we can get into this episode. We got a lot to cover this
0: week, so. All right, I'm ready to get this 100th episode started, so let's go.
2: All
0: right, Lyndon, we're starting the show off a little bit in the solemn way because it's so, you know we don't usually address actor deaths uh, this on one the show, huge. but this one was kind of unexpected and huge, and really kind of. Um, You know, makes waves in the movie community, but Chadwick Boseman passed away at 43 um, to colon cancer. He's been uh, he's been fighting for four years without uh, without the public knowledge. Um,
1: Not just the public. Ryan Coogler didn't know. His Marvel cast didn't know. I don't think Kevin Feige. Well, see that'll be interesting. Uh, Kevin Feige might have known, but I don't think so. I don't think nobody knew. I don't think anybody knew. But before we get into any of that, because I definitely want to discuss that, let's just take a moment of silence uh, for
2: Chadwick Boseman. Again, rest in peace to the to the king. Rest in peace to Chadwick
1: Boseman.
0: Man, so... The, the timing of it also uh, with, you know, where we are in the world and, like, what it does for the black community, it just kind of came at, like, the most opportune time
1: it's a sad time man like we lost the black mama and the black panther in the same year shit is just nuts 2020 wild year but look i'm gonna i'm gonna look at this as a this dude was a hero like not even in the sense of him being black panther no the fact that he had battled colon cancer and didn't tell anybody and was just kicking ass doing movies and it, it's crazy because I said, me and my girlfriend will always look in, whenever he was doing a new movie and shit, and look at the the photos that were released. I was always like, man, he's losing a lot of weight, and I was like, why is he losing weight? And and like then when this happens, we're like, fuck, that's why. And It's just crazy. He battled this by himself, him and his wife and his family, and I just applaud the man's strength. Like,
0: can't can't take anything away from that. Like what he did is just pure strength. I mean, he never really let up and. In- when it came to doing films, he kept his uh, his Marvel Bro, films going. I mean, to be battling colon cancer while trying to
1: look like the Black Panther and accomplishing looking like the Black Panther—that's fucking nuts. <laughs> that's, that's
0: fucking crazy. nuts. And you know, not only did he do that, he did like the Defy Bloods. I mean, you know, he had to be like an army person and do all that action scenes. You know, battling colon cancer. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. But yeah, so, I
1: think he did Selma too, and then like Selma. And there was another movie he did. Oh, the um uh, fuck the Russo Brothers film. The fucking uh when he was a cop. Oh yeah. That shit was actiony. Yo, Chadwick, bro. Crazy. Rest in peace to the God. Like
0: But yeah. But nuts. yeah, I mean, he played some some big time characters like Black Panther, Thurgood Marshall, uh, Jackie Robinson fucking uh uh, what's his name uh
1: like the not the king of the king of pop and soul before michael jackson james Uh, brown james brown uh like he just played he played so many iconic roles just gotta give the man his props and we we will miss him we'll miss his talent he was funny enough it took and 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 crazy that this it took his death for me to realize this but like that's a name we probably should have said in our in our uh in our in our list. I was thinking about that too. Even though, like, granted, our 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 I guess our rubric or criteria was we were looking for people between the ages of like 20
0: and, and 39.
2: And Chadwick, yeah, he was in his forties.
0: Chadwick was in his forties, but he he was one of those late bloomers. Sure. And I mean he was already going getting in films that were being you know acclaimed for Oscars. Black Panther even was an Oscar look, nominated film. So he,
1: he had a film that I, mean, I was super excited for. The the Yasuki or the uh, Yasuke or uh, Yasuye one oh, I forget the name of it but the black samurai who was in Japan like the the African slave who escaped to Japan and became the first black samurai that was that's a yes. movie that's coming and that was supposed to be his movie and it's great I, I'm interested to see who replaces him but like mm-hmm. that was something I yeah, was looking so, forward to and
0: in, in honor of his memory now we're not going to dive too deep into who's going to fill the the space that he's now opened up, but I think that there will be people who you know, or directions that they follow to try and fill in the roles that he was supposed to play in the future, because that's the thing like, it came so unexpected, I mean, he was signing on to do more movies, it was just like You know, it's just crazy. It was one of those things where I saw the initial story on, like, Facebook or something, and you can never trust what you see on Facebook. Yeah. So I had to, like, look it up again. I was like, no way.
2: Well,
1: my my girlfriend said it, and I was like, huh? What are you talking about over there? Like, because, see, when, when, when news in my house, it's like she tries to tell me the news before, like, I get it because, obviously, from what we do. I'm always like, "Yo, you heard about this?" and she's like she she always feels that like she's late and she's like, "Ha, I know this before you." And that that's like a little game we play and so she was like, "Yeah, this happened." I was like, what are you talking about like sometimes sometimes when she tells me stuff I'm like, hmm, "Are we sure? Are we sure that happened?" But like this one I was like, "Oh, what the fuck? This is crazy." But again, Rest in peace to the god man. We will. Your memory will live on for forever for what you've done, not only for the black community but movie fans in general. You brought iconic characters to screen, and then just the strength behind it. It should, should will be remembered forever. So again, rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. Sad, sad times.
0: All right. Well, moving into our news stories for the week, the first thing I have is of course to try and start with a little bit of Star Wars. Um, the one joke I made this week was there. You know discussing films twitter put up like that anakin skywalker and darth vader were, were going to appear in the obi-wan thing so of course i put up the uh the spider-man looking at each other like wait what but the other big name that's been rumored to appear in the kenobi series is general kenobi's number one clone commander cody so i'm wondering how that's all going to work out i'm assuming maybe flashback in because like I can't imagine that Com- Commander Cody's still alive.
1: And if he is, like, isn't he suffering like orders? Well, he would be.
0: A, he would be in, in the Empire. Yeah, which exactly. they could easily do, and it would be an interesting way to look at how the the clones transition to the Empire, because that is a whole a whole deal with the, with it. Because like they started in there, of course, a lot of them phased out, and there were different. Uh, moffs or generals in the Empire who were like, "Well, I don't want, I don't want clones. I want, yeah, you know, normal people." Yeah. So, like, that could be an interesting thing to touch into. But this is the Kenobi series, so who really cares about how, what Stormtroopers are doing? <laughs> yeah, um, but interesting to see that Commander Cody might get a piece in the Kenobi series.
1: Look, building out the world,
0: building out the lore, interesting stuff. This is this is the, for the for the hardcore Star Wars fans, but good for Commander for sure. Cody coming we, we, through. We will be getting Mandalorian trailer soon, though.
1: And Dune now. trailer, look, we're going to get the teaser when we go see Tenant, and the full trailer drops September 9th. I'm hype. I am yep. hype. I've seen leaks. Honestly, almost got to see the leak teaser today, but right when I was going to watch it, Twitter took that shit down for copywriting. For me, Warner Brothers was like, no way. I'm sure I could find it on the internet if I if I really tried hard enough. Yeah, do a deep dive. Yeah, it's out there, but yeah,
0: we're, I'm excited for those two trailers. But uh, what we got All next... Right. The next story I have is more, I don't know if you're excited about it, but it's something that I'm really excited about because out of all horror movies, Scream franchise is my favorite of the horror franchises, and they have announced that they're going to release the next Scream reboot January 4th, 2022. Very far away, um, but it's nice that they have it locked in. Um, Courtney Cox is going to reprise her role as news reporter Gail Weathers, and David Arquette will return to play Sheriff Dewey Riley um spyglass media group and paramount have said the filming expected to begin later this year in wilmington north carolina and ready or not directors matthew benatelli Olpen, and tyler gillett are helming the reboot with a script james vanderbilt and Guy Bis- bisic have wrote so I, I i saw ready or not recently and i like ready or not it's a pretty good horror comedy and that's exactly what Scream is, is a horror comedy. And I feel like they're going to be able to put an interesting take to it. But the, the word reboot is what's kind of interesting to me.
1: Well, what I heard from, it's, it's funny that you had the story because I was reading some, some of Daniel RPK's stuff on his Patreon and some of the stuff just I'm, I've been hearing through the grapevine is that this movie's doing the Halloween thing where all the past history is erased and this is taking place after a certain movie.
0: That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that. Now. now, I got to see, like, more information on which movie they're coming off. Because the Scream franchise, has, is, unlike Halloween, was solid. Like, all the movies that followed it. Like, the most recent Scream, I think it was Scream 4, that came out when we were in high school, was a good movie. It I, was
1: really good. I, I didn't dislike it, but, I'm, yeah, but it's definitely doing that. Now, I don't know which Scream it's. It, I want to say 2. I want to say it's coming to everything after 2 but I don't know we'll we'll find out more information on that but i'm I'm pretty sure it's doing that like i'm it's, i'm eighty
0: five percent sure it's still far out um but I'm excited to to get screen back because man, do I love a good screen movie? We're,
1: we're in a okay. horror vibe right now, man. It's, it's it's interesting. Some of the stuff, some of the content we've been consuming has been a lot of horror vibes, but good on screen. Next up, Ezra Miller's Flash has some news. It's adapting the Flashpoint comics, but doing it in its own way. But, however, it said that Eobard Thorn's Reverse Flash won't be the main antagonist of the next movie leading room for another guy to be the primary villain. That's not saying that he won't be in the movie, which I believe he yeah. will be. It's just he won't be the main antagonist. So the question is, will he be kind of the guy behind the scenes pulling the strings and then we see him come in like a movie two, movie flash
0: Something like that, where I think I think that's probably what it's going to be like. You'll probably be like uh something that is behind the scenes because there you can't really have like a a timeline arc without a fellow speedster doing, you know, working in the speed force. So like I don't understand like how you can in- include Reverse Flash. I can see where maybe they were not going to make them the primary villain. They probably create whatever whatever the hell they want to do. But it,
1: see that 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 blows my mind because it's like you're not going to. If you don't do him, the the go-to thing in a comic book fan's mind is to go to the rogues gallery. But because it's a timeline movie and we're going to see Michael Keaton's Batman, we're going to see all these different earths in this multiverse, none of the rogues fit in that. Like, the only one maybe, maybe mirror master through the mirror dimension. Like, But that's like stretching it. That's like me stretching the, the envelope as far as I can stretch it. So this tells me that, like, the movie might not be focused around a villain. The movie might be focused around, like, Events. Flash becoming Flash, becoming Flash, and like it's it's a it's different vignettes of him going to these different Earths, fighting these different these different outcomes or these instances. I see. I don't know. This is this is this is mind boggling to me. But like,
0: yeah, like that's the like when they said you know no Aquaman, Wonder Woman war, I was like okay. That no makes Thomas sense. No Thomas Wayne, okay, but no Reverse Flash as your main villain for a Flashpoint movie. Like, it just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but...
1: I, I don't know where you go. So, like, it's interesting. This is going to be some original stuff. Like, is he going to fight Batman goons? Like, is this going to be him fighting Michael Keaton Batman goons the whole time? Like, what, what, what's going down? But see, to me, that just tells me he's going to be just going to different Earths, encountering different shit, or he's dealing with a different timeline to where... Do they create another speedster? Maybe. You can maybe see a Godspeed, maybe see, like, a... Uh, uh Red Death, but, like, all that's too... Like, to me, none of that stuff happens until the instance of the meeting between him and Ibar Thorn and then the, the kickstart of their violent onslaught, which sends Shockwave to the Speed Force, thus creating all these new people. So it's like, I don't know. It, I don't know. I, I, I,
0: I have no the, answer. But right like now. you said, since, since they're not making him the primary villain, I have a feeling that he's going to be in it in some capacity. So, like, that's what I'm thinking. That's where I'm thinking. Like, maybe he gets they regenerated into the speed force. And then beyond that, there's like some other, some other force out there because what I remember from the TV series and, you know, you can't really base anything on the TV series, but there was some other people that were dealing with the whole time thing that were almost like overseers. And it's kind of like, you know, what you see with like the, the legends where like, there's like a time thing, like a commission, like the umbrella Academy. It's like, maybe that's something that they do. Like, There's other there's ways that you can approach it, and you know, it is a part of the flash TV universe. So maybe that they throw something in there like that that you that we've seen on that. I don't. I mean, the rumors are that that Barry Allen would show up in in the movie anyway.
1: To me, it's I think it's going to be something like he's going back to save his mom he sees reverse Flash, but it's like something to where we don't like see him or like we see, we see him in some capacity and then thus, Barry goes to chase him, but going in, into that chase, he gets knocked around into the Speed Force, pops up into a different multiverse, pops up into a different universe or whatever, and then goes about his adventure and then we don't see that guy again until the end of the movie and it's like, oh, I'll deal Possible. with him next time. That Possible. that That's the only way I can make sense of that, but, you know, we shall see... Hopefully Andy Machete and Ezra Miller uh, deliver, but very interesting news coming out of the flash camp. Next up, Netflix has confirmed on Thursday that they're putting out live action series inspired by high popular gaming movie series, Resident Evil. The eight episode drama series will be written by executive producer, showrunner of Supernatural, Andrew Dabb. Hopefully they follow the video game more than the movies did. That's all I got to say about that. Cause if they don't, that shit's just going to be Mila Jovovich part two. That was just the Mila Jovovich show over there. That shit was, asshole. Like now I think dumpster juice.
0: Now I think approaching Resident Evil as a Netflix television series and if they take it in ways like they did like The Witcher, you know, maybe it's successful. But I think even gaming fans of The Witcher know that like it didn't completely meet all of their criteria. You know, when I see that the the showrunner is Supernatural's Andrew Dab, like Supernatural is already a little suspect, in my opinion, but it was one of the longest running television shows in TV history. Super suspect, so, in my opinion. But like, I've been, I've tried to watch Supernatural a number of times and have not been able to get through it. So like, I just, I just don't know if like, this is just going to be like another thing you roll your eyes at. It
1: might be, and look, when I think of if I, every time I get the urge to watch Supernatural, I'm just like, I might as well watch Lucifer if I'm doing that, because that's a better show. <laughs> might, might yeah, as well. I like Lucifer. Yeah, yeah Lucifer, just, Lucifer, pretty good show. But uh, no, look, man, hopefully Netflix gets this right. But I don't have high expectations for this. If yeah. I'm calling a spade a spade, not don't have high
0: expectations. But it could be really, really great because the Resident Evil as a game is really solid. Yeah, so. for sure. Um. Amazon is putting into development High Fire, a TV series based on an adult thriller novel by best-selling Artemis Fowl author Ian Colfer, uh, with Nicolas Cage voicing the lead character and executive producing. The book, described as True Detective meets Pete's Dragon, is is being adapted for television by Davey Holmes, creator and executive producer of Epic's Get Shorty TV series. The, the genre-bending live-action Hi-Fire is a gritty crime thriller with doses of magical realism. Its central character, Hi-Fire, voiced by Cage, is a vodka-drinking, flash-dance-loving dragon who lives in an isolated existence in the bayous of
2: Louisiana.
1: What an interesting, like, <laughs> dragon-solving mysteries. Like, what, is, what are we doing? What is, what is Nicolas Cage doing? But the thing that gives me hope for this is that it's Amazon
0: that's
2: the yep, only thing
1: that's, that's giving me
0: hope for this is that it's amazon like when i first saw this i was like what the hell is this and then i saw Amazon doing it i'm like well maybe it's gonna be good like i, I don't it know it sounds like a very interesting concept it kind of makes me want to read high fire as like a book just just so i can and i like,
1: like i like ian colfer's work like i like uh <laughs> Artemis Fowl, so you know i
0: don't know i didn't really like the movie
1: no, 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 wait, wait. When I say I like Ian Colfer's work, I'm talking about the books. Like, don't, don't yeah, yeah, don't do that. I'm talking, I'm talking about the books. I'm not talking about that trash ass Disney Plus movie. Ugh. But this, you know, maybe, maybe they stay true to the, to the book that he wrote. Maybe it's good. Right, I'm going to give it a shot, you know, but like, interesting things what? Nicolas
0: Cage is doing these days. Interesting. Like, it's making me think it's like almost like a live action Onward, but but gritty. Like, you know, where like Onward was like, a magical realism um but this could be st- just, in that same vein but a dragon it's so interesting
2: and a and dragon like cage, solving
0: crimes and i feel like cage is really is trying to like have his own cage essence trying to like do things that are going to be better for like his legacy so like maybe this is something that really kind of goes well uh, yeah. you know amazon is the only reason i trust this
1: yeah same 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 that's the only thing that made me when i saw this in the notes i'm like huh? But then I saw the word Amazon and I was like, I, maybe.
0: <laughs> so if anyone maybe. knows more about the book then uh, maybe they could tell us uh, about and get us more excited about it. But, um, I think it's a very interesting story and worth noting, uh, this week, but For sure. speaking of Nick cage, he has been talking about doing a Joe exotic TV series or a TV movie or whatever, but the limited series currently entitled Joe exotic, that's going to star came McKinnon Kenan as Carol Baskin is now going to be pushed forward to set on air on NBC, Peacock, and the USA Network.
1: Ooh, Eton, okay, cool. I
0: don't Eton, have to get Frankel, Eton Frankel, uh, who did Friday Night Lights and Shameless, worked on those series, has boarded the project as writer and executive producer. So I think they're putting some, some power behind this. Uh, seeing that they want to put it not only on Peacock, but on USA Network and NBC makes me a little bit... More excited that they're going to do the better adaptation of this, but my whole thing with the Kate McKinnon casting as Carol Baskin is like, how serious this is this going to be?
1: Yeah, and like, are we following Carol Baskin? Like, when, when 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 I don't know who Joe Exotics is to this day, it's like, who are we following? Whose show is this about? Like, is Kate McKinnon holding the sway with Carol Baskin's character? Or is this like? following joe exotic but t- titles out. but
0: as we went through the, the documentary series i think that carol baskin is just as big a role in the whole thing oh as, for sure. as joe exotic and in some ways you want to know more about carol baskin the one thing that i think is interesting that i've heard about carol baskin that kind of goes away from the story is that i think someone there's a rumor going around that she's been approached to be on dancing with stars What and that would be wild.
1: Florida just reopened the case. Like, wait, they just reopened the murder case. How are you gonna put her on dancing with the star? Yo, nah, bro, nah. All my homies hate Carol Baskin. F Carol Baskin. (laughs) That's the wave. All my my homies hate Carol Baskin, just like all my homies hate if you know Tower of God. Fuck Rachel! All my homies hate Rachel. Just it's fuck Carol Baskin. All my homies hate Carol Baskin.
0: Nah, bro. Nah, yeah. Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> but I will what? say, oh, go ahead. I, I will watch. I will watch the series. But what are oh, you gonna say about it?
1: I was just saying. Also, it's funny enough that you mentioned something that's going on now. Did you know the VMAs were tonight? Like on yes. the time, or the night we were recording? And I saw like people doing like virtual performances and shit, like the weekend and whatnot. I didn't watch it, but like. Do the VMAs still matter?
0: No. Yeah, I didn't think N- so. Now that we're in an era where you can literally watch anybody do anything, or and I feel like you know, with the festival circuit, uh, some big acts are more accessible. Like I felt like when we were younger, watching the VMAs was like one of the and only times you got to see like Beyonce do a performance because like you're not gonna go see her and, like in concert in concert or anything it's like that it's too
1: expensive yeah no for sure it's different now man i was just interested because yeah. i i saw the vmas going on right now but next up we got disney is conjuring up a new haunted mansion live action movie based on its 51 year old disneyland theme park ride with ghostbusters writer kate diebold attached producers are dan lynn and dan eric or jonathan eric uh through their ride back banner lynn has extensive producer experience with sherlock holmes if in the lego franchises he and Eric. Team up for this Disney live action Aladdin movie last year. Schubert, are you excited for the haunted mansion? No. Yeah, me neither.
0: That's why. And, I read, that's and, why I read and it. To like cl- and to clarify that the it's not the Ghostbusters that's coming soon with uh, Finn Wolfhard. It's the Ghostbusters that was trash. With, that was trash. Yeah. Um. So not too, not too excited about this film. Um. I thought that the Eddie Murphy one they should have just left it at that. That movie was trash too. It was trash, but I okay, mean, like, cool, cool. why Why are we trying to bring up we'll bring Haunted Mansion? The only way that would, I'd be interested in Haunts Mansion is if you made it gritty. And there's no way that this is going to do that. Nope, because
1: it's going to match their ride. So you already know how that is. Next up, we got Netflix. This is sad. Sad times at Ridgemont High. Sad times. Netflix cancels Altered Carbon. Man, they had so much promise. They just didn't put enough money and enough oomph into the second season. Second season wasn't as good. It, I liked Anthony Mackie though as the as a uh, Takashi Kovac, but like just didn't it just didn't have the same amount of oomph that the first season had. I like the anime series. Hopefully they continue it in maybe anime form.
0: I think that that's probably where they're going to lean to,
1: and it fits better that way because they're allowed there. They can do more. With, like, it uh, hopefully they, they go to do some 2D animation and get out of that 3D vein, unless they do it a little more like Doro Hidorow, and, and I'll appreciate it more. But, like, sad times at Ridgemont High. I, re- I was a big Alter Carbon fan. If anything, Alter Carbon should teach you how to do Cowboy Bebop,
0: learn, from its, learn from its mistakes. I, I think, like, sh- shows that come upcoming, like Cowboy Bebop and the Resident Evil we mentioned before, are the reasons that something like Alter Carbon is not it's getting gonna, canceled. Nah, it's getting I, look, canceled.
1: I'd much rather than put the altered carbon budget into Cowboy Bebop instead of another sure. altered carbon season because altered sure. carbon kind of is like a cowboy bebop type ghost in the shell type show. So, you know how that is. It had its own story, but like I dug it good. Like I said, bring it to the anime world and, and, and all will be right in the world.
0: Um, moving along, the next story we have so is this one's the- trash. the power puffs could soon fly again this is trash Uh, the rumor is that a live action version of the classic cartoon network series is in development at the cw super trash in the updated updated version of this series the titular superheroes are now disillusioned 20-somethings who resent having lost their childhood to crime fighting will they agree to reunite now that the world needs them more than ever
1: Yo, maybe you could maybe get me to buy this if this was like Netflix or Amazon, but CW? This is about to be melodramatic as fuck. Oh, this is this this is just this is just heartbreaking. You you guys already know if you if you've been a Bros Who Binge listener for a while now, you know how me and Schubert feel about the CW. But if you're if you're new to us, we do not fuck with the CW. I stopped watching Arrow after season five. Like I haven't watched Flash since season two. Legends, of, Legends, I haven't watched since season one. And Supergirl was booty from the jump. I don't watch Batwoman, and Supergirl can can, can and Star can suck a wang. Like, and and not, honestly, like some of the trash. other shows,
0: some of the other shows that have been on there, like Riverdale. Riverdale was a show that actually had a solid opening, um, but then it but became CW. again, became way too melodramatic and weird. Uh, Star Girls getting messed up by it um so all american up. you liked for a little
2: while
1: but. i liked for a little while but then it just became super melodramatic in the second season and what else does cw produce i'm trying to think of some of the other shows i zombie was all right for a little bit like it's just you know what you're getting from the from this network Cookie cw cutter. hasn't
0: been good since uh one tree hill
1: and even and even then when you when you rewatch one tree hill the later seasons are not as good as the earlier are seasons trash because, because they become too melodramatic and it's like CW just bites itself in the foot every time. But, you know, maybe this will be, like, charmed for a new generation. Maybe people will fuck with this. But you're not going to get the nostalgia of the of the fans who grew up on this. This has to be trying to appeal to
0: a new base, a new audience, because, like, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy because, like, you know, no one ever wondered what the Powerpuff Girls were is like. Is Mojo Jojo
1: going to be in this? Like, like, let's have a real conversation. Is Mojo Jojo going to be in this? Is him going to be in this? Are, the, are, the, is Fuzzy and are they going to be old people? Is Fuzzy fucking Lumpkin going to be in this? Is Sarah Bellum, like, like, like what is this show going to consist of for me to, to watch this? Because they're, they're 20 years old. Okay, cool. Are they fighting monsters still? Like, are monsters still attacking Townsville? How is CW going to have the budget to show monsters? How is CW going to have the budget to show a Mojo Jojo and a him? Like, how am I going to buy these things is what I'm asking.
0: Like, is is the gang, Green Gang, going to be there? I mean, I'm thinking (laughs) there's going to be, like, a whole episode where, like, you know, Blossom is dating this guy and Blossom's going to go, you know... <laughs> the Rowdy um, Rough boys? Like, what yeah. Blossom's going to be flying around making sure this boy's not running around on her or something like that. I mean, like, it just seems like it's going to be...
1: Oh, gosh. That's horrible. That that's, oh, that's, that's just as bad as the Fresh Prince news we got a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah. So, that's... I mean, like, I... This this is crazy. Like, I can't believe that this is the direction they're trying to do now. Cartoon
1: Network, are y'all that st- gr groundy for money that you need to sell your property? Or is this like the people? Is this the creator selling the IP? What is this? I need to know who's doing this. Who's doing this to us? <laughs> yeah, like what if the creator needs more money, I get it. But like, bro, don't don't sell your soul to the CW. <laughs> like, at least sell your soul somewhere else. Not to them.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: Jesus. But all
0: right, yeah, that's all, right. all I got on that. It's just trash. All right, so one news uh, that came out this week that I'm super excited about because I love the, all the reality trash is uh, the Bachelorette has set its date. It's going to start October 13th. Is this the lost season? This is the season that is supposed to, was has supposed to been happening all year, and that <laughs> COVID messed it up. And so Claire Crawley is that the Bachelorette. Matt was, Matt, Matt's not on it. Matt was supposed to be on it originally, but then he got cast as a bachelor. So then so, they're now, like- so, the, so here's the drama, Melinda. Claire Crawley is the bachelorette. So what is known is, and they're pushing that Claire Crawley is the bachelorette because like she's been supposed to be the one the whole time. But what's happened is that Claire Crawley called off in the middle of it and was like, I like this dude on the show. We're getting engaged. I don't want to do the rest of it. So, and this was like after like the second or third week. Of, oh of the gosh. filming, <laughs> exactly because like obviously she had known who the people are, so she's been in contact with them for like months. So like she gets she gets the filming. She she finds the guy she likes. She's like I'm done. <laughs> so they so this is, so they're gonna bring in Taysha Adams. Who if people in Bachelor Nation know, Taysha is uh, an African American, stunning, stunning, beautiful. Uh, Should have been the Bachelor from the jump but she's going to take over for the second half of the show. So, like, it's interesting because they're not showing, because it's supposed to all be secret or whatever, but, you know, I know all the rumors and spoilers. Thanks, Reality Steve. Um, But, you know, so Claire Crawley's going to be in it for, like, two, three weeks, and then Keisha Adams is going to come in and take over for the rest of the show. What?
1: What? What?
0: What type of
1: shenanigans is this? So you're telling me for three weeks I'm going to watch this girl named Claire Crawley go. Then she's going to say, fuck this and take her man and dip. And then this new girl, Tasha Adams, comes on for the remaining however many weeks. Yes. (laughs) Do we get two weddings at the end of the season? Like, are we going to see Claire Claire Crawley's, like, engagement? And then are we going to see Tasha Adams' engagement as well?
0: Well, we don't know what happens with Tasha because they're still filming. Uh, but I don't know. I, I really don't know. And then this, I, and this guy, Matt, And this guy, Matt's just in the wings, waiting for his turn. He's just waiting. He's just waiting. He's waiting <laughs> for the season to be over so that he can start his uh, his journey as the bachelor. I think they're hoping more so that COVID lets up so they can go do like a, a real season because this, this is be definitely going to be a weird one. I'm
1: exci- yeah. I, might, I might actually watch this because we're going to get the little switch. This is
0: one of those times where Chris Harrison says this is going to be the craziest this- bachelor season ever, and I believe it. I believe it. Like He this does is that like, every year. Like, you know, to make things even crazier. So Chris Harrison, they've been doing like the Bachelor um, recap for, for the summer. Like, And Chris Harrison's son has been like filming for him in, mm. because of COVID or whatever. And his son is about to go to college. So while they were filming this, his son is going to college. So Chris Harrison leaves the set. And of course, he has to quarantine because he leaves the set. So he's not there for like two or three weeks because he's taking his son to college. So JoJo, who was the Bachelorette years before, comes in to host. So like talk about the weirdest season of the Bachelorette ever. This is going to be completely bonkers. So That's August, October, October 13th, the, the craziness begins and I'm excited
1: You might have sold me. You, you might have just sold me because like I haven't been interested in a Bachelor slash Bachelorette season in a while. You might have just sold me for all the shenanigans and Hooting.: and It's going to be wild. But with all that being said, let's get into Movie on the Rise because this is a big, big week. I'm starting it off Wednesday. Tenant, it's here. John David Washington, that's the protagonist. Robert Pattinson, we've been talking about this fucking movie for months now. At the end of last year, I said my most anticipated movie is this one. It's here, ladies and gents. We're doing it. You're getting a review for it next week. I'm hyped. I hope it lives up to expectations because if it doesn't, I'll be so sad. And you'll hear, you'll hear sad Lynn coming in to talk about this pod. It has two of my actors who I think are going to blow up in John Three. D. Washington and Robert Pattinson. Three, Aaron Taylor, oh, Aaron Taylor there. Johnson. This is, a, this is an important movie for this show. Like, if I'm going to be honest, this is an important movie for this show. We were excited. Also, a show that, that might have gotten some of y'all to join us when we did our review of this. We were kind of, and look, I don't like to toot our own horn, but I do it when we don't get the props we deserve. I see all these people championing the boys and I'm glad, I'm glad it's getting the love it deserves. But let me call a spade a spade because I watch these movie people in this community. I watch the TV community. We were behind the boys first. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. We were behind them first. I didn't see people talking about it for three to four weeks after it came out. Schubert knows I watched that shit all in one night and we were there next week talking about it. I made him bust his ass to talk about it. We were the first, we did it. That show is, is our bread and butter. Like, to me, when you think of bros who binge, there are two shows that I consider our bread and butter. Titans. And fucking the boys. And maybe Watchmen. Cause we were on that shit. Very yeah, early man. as well. But everybody was on Watchmen. But the boys, I take I take full just ownership of because I love that fucking show, man.
0: And like Yeah, I can I cannot believe that you watched that whole thing. I'm sitting in my bed just sleeping and you're in my living room just like watching the whole fucking show.
1: That's how good it was. Like that's how fucking good it was. In season two. I don't know how we're going to do this. Like, are we going to come and talk about it all in, in the next week? Or are we going to have to, like, space some of this out?
0: I mean, we're going to have to space it out because, I mean, we're still talking about Lovecraft. We got Tenet yeah. that we got to talk about next week.
1: We're going to space it out. We'll pro- probably <clears throat> at least the first two. At least
0: the first two. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would probably argue, probably the first three. Let's say the first two. Let's say the first two because, like, I know, know my own sure. time restrictions. I yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know you. Life, but,
1: I'm gonna watch and, all of it. I'm yeah. gonna be ready to go because, unlike Umbrella Academy, this is my shit. This season two looks so fucking good. Billy Butcher just looks like a liar. If you watch all these trailers, he looks like he's about to start some shit. The groups, I feel like this is the episode where the group break, This is the season where the group breaks up. I feel like the group's gonna splinter after this season. There's gonna be a lot of drama. Like, I feel like b- they're not gonna believe b- uh, Billy Butcher and he's gonna go through like a huge transformation. We got Storm, uh, the, the Shazam character in this season. I hope Black Noir gets more shit. I'm hyped, man. I'm hyped. I want to see more yeah. and more uh my girl uh, who who I consider if you ask me who who I want to see an actress thrive, which we're going to have that conversation eventually, but Karen Fukuhara I love her ever since I saw her as Katano on suicide squad. I love that actress. I think she's amazing. Gorgeous. Just has the charisma. I want to see her kick ass this season as well, as well as Homelander. Like I'm, I'm in it, man. Uh, this Saturday, I think the fourth, that's when the fourth is. Ooh, it comes out the day before we pod. Oh no. It comes out Friday. All right. That's two days. Yeah. Only say the first two for you. Cause I know you're not going to watch more than that.
2: Yeah, probably so. Um,
0: but we'll talk about it next week. I'm hyped. Yeah, and we already know that there's going to be a season 3. It's already signed on.
1: I wonder so are like, they doing weekly uh, for some for some reason I thought they were doing weekly releases for this. I don't
0: know, man. Oh man. No. I to... No, uh, it's going to be 3 on the first week.
1: Ooh, so okay, well then we got do... the to talk about the first 3. We're going to have to talk about first
0: 3. yeah, it's going to be 3 in the first week and then weekly.
1: Yeah, so they they're doing it. They're doing it like they they understand, they know what they have. They don't want to have, they don't want to have Lynn sit up all night, watch all the, and not go back and give their, their streaming service some, some, some love after that first night. So yeah, we got to do the first three. So, all right, word. That settles that, (laughs) but I'm hyped next. This is a big week for the pod tenant boys. And we got some other shit that you're about to talk about that this is a big week for movie and TV fans in general.
0: Sure, like for my movie on the rise, we got some some big shows coming up on all different streaming networks. Uh, on Peacock, for those who haven't bought into Peacock, there's a show that we watched on NBC for, for for two seasons that we really enjoyed, and when it went away, we were shocked. But it got a revival on Peacock. AP Bio season three, starring um, our boy from uh, Glenn Howerton from LA Sunny. I,
1: I support this always, Sunny homies. Like I love Mythic Quest. I love AP Bio. The only one I couldn't get behind was D in the Mick. The Mick was kind of oh, ass. Then the, I Mick, think the
0: yeah. It wasn't terrible. But, but, I, you know, what she did on Quibi was actually pretty good with her and um, Will Forte.
1: Just out of all the three of the spinoffs, because Charlie Day hasn't really done t- nothing too crazy. Just like... He's a movie guy. Yeah, AP Bio is great. Mythic Quest is great. But the Mick, mm, whatever. But, uh... My question to you is can because both of us have YouTube TV and NBC on there can I
0: so it's only on Peacock? Only oh. on Peacock. It's a P, it's it's Peacock original.
1: Oh, fuck, they're going to make me get mm. it. They're going yeah. to If anything makes me get Peacock it's to support my boy Glenn Harton. We're fans.
0: Yeah. So, you know, Peacock AP AP is coming back. So that that's going to be that's out lit. I think Thursday or Friday of this week. Damn, um, big I'm, week. That's lit. I'm excited for um, that. On HBO Max, we talked about the trailer earlier on. Raised by Wolves, if you remember that trailer, that that so that's coming out on HBO Max this week.
1: That Travis Himmel show, my boy from Vikings, the the sci-fi shit. Oh, I'm watching that. Oh, I'm watching that this week.
0: So Raised by Wolves comes out on HBO Max. Now let's move to Netflix. Netflix has a young Wallander, which we talked about the trailer on that. You know, it, it's, it's definitely something to try it. I'm not going to go ahead and say, subscribe that, Oh, this is going to be the next great show on Netflix, but it's something that I'm willing to, to, to try.
1: Look, the boys has an automatic 9.9, 10 rating that you got to watch it. Yeah, the uh, AP bio. I'm giving it a solid eight point nine nine. You gotta watch
0: it. It's hilarious. Go check out the other seasons on Hulu if
2: you haven't.
1: The HBO Max show. I'm giving it out of curiosity of the trailer. I'm giving it a solid eight. Like maybe check it out. Seven point nine. Young Wallander. Seven point five, baby. I'm hype. I got Young Wallander. It's a detective drama. I'm I'm excited. Like that. That's that's something that when I'm done with the boys three episodes, I'm sitting in my house and I'm like don't want to watch another anime or my they got some live action? Oh, yeah, Young Wallander. But speaking of anime, I haven't done you guys' justice being the anime guy telling you guys what's up. Netflix has two right now that are really fucking, looks incredible. BA number one, it's about these animals and there's like a detective thing going on in there. Shit looks nuts. I've seen like the first episode of that one. That one's really good. But the one that I'm excited for, that like I, I, I'm watching tonight to talk about an, on Anime Talk, uh, the next anime talk, but it's called The Great Pretender. It looks so fucking good. It's about a con man and like the FBI is after him, and he's doing all these cons and he's trying to trick the FBI. Shit looks great. It's like in English. It's in all different languages. And like, I think it's, it's-
0: like a f- started French.
1: Yeah, Sorry, it's so, it's it, like he because he does so many he, so many different cons internationally. He speaks all these different languages, so it's it's a multi-dialect uh, inside the show. So it's crazy. Yeah. It looks good. There's a lot of good TV out right now. And it's crazy sure. that all this stuff is... It's what you said earlier before with COVID, how we're going to get to a point to where everything's just going to drop at once. And that's it's what's dropping. happening right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, with the movies and all that too. Uh, the one thing that we talked about weeks ago that I finally got around to watch um, on Apple TV, so covering all the bases of the streaming networks uh, Ted Lasso and Ted Lasso is a really solid comedy with Jason Sudeikis. Like it was one of those things where I watched the first episode and I was like, okay, this is funny. And watch the second episode, you know, the concept of the American coach move into, uh, move into England to be a, a soccer coach. You know, of course, everyone in, in the area is just like, what the heck is this guy doing? You know, he's not only was he like an American football coach, but he was like American football coach at Wichita state. Like, you know, it wasn't even, like, a big name thing it's he trash. comes out. But he took him to the championship was the thing. Like, he took him to the D2 championship or something like that. And so they bring him over. And, like, in the third episode, there's, like, this, there's an episode where he goes along with, like, a reporter. And pretty much, like, that kind of give, pr- pretty much gives you the, the layout of the show. Is, like, he's a guy that you can definitely tell is in over his head, but you can't help but root for him. And that's how I felt about the show. Like, you know, Jason Sudeikis' character is a little bit, um, it, it, it's funny because it's just one of those comedies where you're like, you root for the guy. It's not like mm-hmm. The Office where you, you cringe at some of the moments. It's like funny, but also has a lot of heart. Okay. So I think it's a, it's a good little show to check out on Apple TV. Apple TV is spitting out pretty good content too, so.
1: That's some pretty decent stuff out there. But with that being said, it's we got time. a lot, we got a lot to discuss next week. Y'all y'all be on the lookout, Tenant. Boys, Ted Lasso, fucking uh, the Young Wallander. We got a lot next week. It's going to be Liddy. But it's time. It's time for the pitching match. It's time. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go Go defend our show because you're out. Like, I have to I'm hold out. it down. I got to hold it down for us. So let me try to put my best foot forward and win for the bros who binge boys. But with that being said, Shubert, I'm going to toss it to you
0: for our pitching match. It's time for another pitching match. Man, I'm excited for this one. We got Lyndon is coming to play today. So he's going to take on Schmidt. And we've been talking about this, hyping it up the whole episode. It's finally time. You know, let's go real quick to Ian, who's going to be hosting this with me. Ian, how are you doing today? Are you ready for this match?
2: I'm doing great, man. Uh, It's good to be here. Um, I think we're having a little bit nicer weather here in Michigan than you guys are there. But I don't know. Maybe. Um, no, I'm, I'm glad y'all are doing okay. Uh, I'm glad y'all are safe. Um, and I hope you stay that way throughout this uh, storm that's going on right now. Uh, but I'm excited for this Pitch It match. It'd be something nice to take our minds off of everything that's going on in the world in general right now. Uh, you know, that's why we do the things we do. So let's fire it up, man. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm excited.
0: Speaking of that, with everything going on with the hurricane, that means that Lyndon is out on location Uh, Let's go to our contestants. Lyndon, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, man. I'm out in Mobile, Alabama, escaping the hurricane, you know, chilling. Sponsored by Grizzly. (laughs) no i'm just joking i'm just joking i'm just joking got him here though grizzly hit us up you already know the deal but i'm i'm here ready to to, uh take on schmidt and uh i wish him good luck in this match schmidt is also from bourbon street shots he's the lead writer of bourbon street shots and he has a podcast uh hold on i listened to his podcast let me pull it up uh i don't want to say the right schmidt what's the name of your pod bro in the know. In the know. Yeah, y'all check out his podcast. It has a great NBA podcast covering the Pelicans in the know. Y'all check him out. But, Shamid, bro, how you doing?
3: I'm chilling. I'm excited for this. Been, been waiting a while to get back on one of these. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm excited that you guys consider me uh, a welcome guest. So,
1: let's get the show on the road. Hell yeah, man. I'm ready. You guys, that, I'm, I'm good whenever y'all
0: are. Yeah. You know, this has been a, a match that we've been waiting on. And I know Lyndon's been talking about for weeks, so we're definitely ready to get into it. We sent you guys your first round question. I'm going to go ahead and pull that up real quick. Um, so we you, the way this usually goes is we have our first, our first round. And I, like I said, I sent them in the question and they've gotten some time to prepare and get their selves ready for this and it's a it's a three minute open so they'll have three minutes to talk about their uh, what they prepared for their round one answer and then we will open it up to questions where they'll have a one minute rebuttal to the questions that Ian and I have for them and we will close it out with a one and a half minute closing while I'm uh, thinking about it, we're going to go ahead and flip a coin real quick to see who goes first. Uh, Lyndon, call it in the air. Tails. All right. It's uh, heads. So, Schmidt, you uh, get to choose whether you want to go first or second.
3: I'll go second. All right. Always
0: a Perfect. solid choice. I wanted to go first anyway. All right. So here was the first round question given to Schmidt and Lending Space Jam 2 just revealed its latest look for its sequel/reboot pitch a classic basketball movie that should be rebooted or made into a sequel for this decade provide any details you you can with actors directors etc but do provide a brief synopsis on what this iteration will be about so Ian if you're ready we'll go ahead to Lending I'm ready man all right so you got your timer I've got the timer ready to go for three minutes. Lyndon, you may start in three, two, one. Okay, so
1: this question to me is a classic Pitch It question. So it's basically Pitch a classic basketball movie that should be rebooted or made into a sequel for this decade. When I think about this, what sticks out to me is This Decade okay, what is going on in society and sports on the society front? We're looking to the rights to right the wrongs of the past. And we're more socially conscious. And when you think of this decade with sports, something that always stuck out was being more player friendly, even more so about society, uh, even more so when it comes to society, the aspect of paying players in the corruption of the NCAA. So to me, two movies that stick out that tie-in corruption of NCAA paying players as well as a socially conscious and looking at that two movies that I thought tried to attempt that early on but one succeeded the others didn't was Blue Chips and He Got Game now to me the problem with rebooting Blue Chips as you would have to have multiple NBA stars in the movie and multiple NBA stars can't act like let's, be, let's kill Call of Space Fade like NBA stars can't act so the thing to me with He Got Game is you have one solid NBA star with an amazing cast. And he, I game, had Denzel Washington as Jake Shuttlesworth, Ray Allen as Jesus, Jade Yorker as uh, Jesus when he was young, Mila Jovovich, John Turturro, Rosario Dawson. That's a great cast. I think it's important to have an NBA star, though, so the basketball can look realistic, and you already have fans in tow to come support your favorite player. And who's that favorite player that I'm going to cast? you might ask? It's none other than the most popular rookie since LeBron James, Mr. Zion Williamson. Zion will be playing Xavier Alexander, a.k.a. the X-Man. He is the best Player in the country out of Houston, Texas. Texas is one of the biggest high school sports states in the country, and Xavier is the biggest high school player in said country. Every scout wants him, but he's undecided. His mother died when he was ten years old in a car accident with his father. His father was drunk and had a gambling problem. His fa- Xavier now lives with his aunt, played by Regina King. Well, Xavier's father was has been out of jail for a couple months now. By the time the start of this movie, but he never went around his son. He's been trying to find his footing in the world. He is played by Mahershala Ali, and he has been racking up gambling debts because he continues to blame himself for his wife's debts and the only way he knows how to solve that pain is with booze and gambling well The boosters at UT Austin want Xavier at all costs, and one of the boosters is this semi-pseudo-mob boss who's the owner of of, uh, said casino where Mahershala racks up a lot of his debt. That is played by none other than Daniel Craig. Well, Daniel Craig offers him a get-out-of-jail-free card by uh, convincing his son to come to UT. They will also pay him an extra $50,000 to begin his new life. Daniel Craig is also accompanied by his goon, Aaron Paul. If you're a if you're a, a gangster slash casino boss, you always have to have your your goon, and that's Aaron Paul. Ali then tries to get into Xavier's life, but Regina King is heavily against it, especially since the state playoffs are starting. The movie starts at around at about the start of round one, and it ends with the state championship. That's it. Times up. All right. Well, I'll finish the pitch in the next round.
0: All right. Let me reset this. All right. I got really Schmidt. in depth. <laughs> All right, it's time for Schmidt's first pitch. Schmidt, you can get started in three, two, one.
3: First of all, I love the Mahershala Ali casting, one of my favorite actors, props on that. But for my pitch, I'm going to reboot the classic Like Mike. All right, first of all, my main casting, one of the main characters, Daniel Kaluuya. All right, just wait, wait for it. Second main character, Adam Driver. All right, those are going to be my two main characters. The director is going to be M. Night Shyamalan. Now, before I even get into the pitch, you know, if I include M. Night Shyamalan, there's going to be a twist. Well, the twist is, it's not like Mike basketball. It's like Mike Michael Jackson. All right, Daniel Kaluuya is a janitor that works at a school. He finds an amazing pair of leather pants, and when he puts them on, he can sing amazingly. He literally turns into Michael Jackson can dance just like him, right. And so soon his stardom grows. People think he's the next coming of Mike. And ever since then, he slowly begins this transformation that Michael Jackson underwent himself. And the white Michael Jackson is played by Adam Driver. He has to deal with all the issues that came with Michael Jackson's stardom, as well as this transformation that he's having to go through until he meets um, a very wise uh, Daniel Craig, which... uh, I'm glad that you chose him as well. It happened to be one of my people as well, but he meets a very wise Daniel Craig who talks him into giving up the fame and giving up the pants. But that is my pitch. That is my
0: like Mike reboot and uh, we're going to do it. All right. Well, those were two good pitches. I'll leave the first question over to you, Ian. Do you have uh, any questions for Lyndon or Schmidt?
2: Um, So for Lyndon, uh you know obviously with Schmidt we see instantly how it's going to be totally different than the original movie uh so Lyndon what would you want to change I guess maybe stylistically or with the way the movie is filmed like how would you try and set this apart to not have the original movie just be constantly playing in people's heads and then doing the okay this was different I didn't like that as much you know that kind of thing uh for Schmidt um you know what I guess I have the opposite question. What is going to tie this back to like Mike, other than the fact that it's also called like Mike, because it seems like it's just a completely different movie um, than the original like Mike, like, would you use some of the same uh, character type interactions? Uh, would you use some of the same uh, growth as characters? Like how would you tie it back into the original?
0: All right. Um, my question for Schmidt is very similar. Like um it, With what Ian said, how do you tie, how do you make it seem to everyone that this is a reboot or a sequel to like Mike? And for Lyndon, how do you get away with putting a 20-year-old kid who's never acted before on there? Uh, What makes Zion the guy that you think should be the NBA representation as an actor? Um, And uh, yeah, that's it for my questions. Cool. All right. Well, so I got to
1: finish my pitch.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, Lyndon, you will have one minute in this round to finish off your pitch and maybe address some of the questions. Gotcha. So you can, you can get started in three, two, one.
1: Okay. I'm going to finish off my pitch and that will answer Ian's question of stylization. So first off, the movie starts at round one and ends with the state championships. Ali tells uh, Zion that if he doesn't help, then he will die because Daniel Craig has threatened with his life. He doesn't mention, however, that he will receive $50,000. Xavier must decide whether or not he would to help his dad. He then, uh, Regina King is very against it because he knows that Ali is just a user and abuser. Uh, Xavier then decides, however, to help. He goes and meets with Craig. Craig then has them both sign a document stating that this is what's going on. He's going to commit to U, uh, UT. However, the right at the end, once he signs it, he also says that inside of that contract, there's an agreement that Zion would point shave some of the game and keep it close to five points so he could so uh he can cook the books for said game. Zion is devastated by this and he doesn't want to play. However, Ali, this is his redemption where he tells him, Yo, I'm gonna take care of this. You go play. Don't worry about the game. We then see Ali go and 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 uh once Zion wins, we see that That's game. It all right cool i'll finish right. off in the third
0: round okay well uh Schmidt, <laughs> you are gonna have one minute to answer any questions that we had or to maybe or to make digs at linden or to keep, you know further along your pitch you'll have one minute in three two one go so to address the question of
3: how it ties back to like mike well one obviously the title Okay, it should be pretty obvious to people there. But two, the sort of connection where you have this magical article of clothing that turns you into something else. And the kind of growth process the character is going to take is getting accustomed to the fame and the stardom, as well as the the personal mental struggles that came with being Michael Jackson, um, battling his own demons, turning into Adam Driver. the the white Michael Jackson. And that's going to be the transformation of the character where he meets this mentor who was played by Daniel Craig, who kind of talks him off the ledge and and makes him realize that, you know, this fame and stardom, isn't it? As far as digs, I got none. I feel like that's the best dig. (laughs)
0: Uh, That's it for that round. I got 130, huh? So, Lyndon, you'll have 90 seconds. Yeah, 130. perfect. To put to finish off this this pitch and right. also address some of the other things you Got can get you. started in three, two, one
1: Ali determines that look it's about my son, I can't let him fall down this path like I did and, and fuck up his life, so he ends up t- he tells Xavier to win the game, Xavier ends up winning the game, and then after Daniel Craig gives a press conference, but however, Ali counters with saying that look I, I forged my son's name thus breaking his parole, committing forgery, sending him back to jail. Zion, however, doesn't get to go to play college. He loses in his eligibility, but he joins the G League for a year before joining the NBA. The film will be directed by the Safadi brothers. The stylistic thing is it's going to be feeling this man of Mahershala Ali go through the depths of pain and how The Safety brothers really make you sit on age because of these people choosing stupid decisions. And that's going to differentiate from the first one because it was more happy-go-lucky. But this is going to be really, really thriller and just really sad and seeing a man go through the depths of his thing should my dick for him is this isn't a sports movie like the question is a sports movie he mike it's about michael jackson this is an oil musician that that doesn't answer the question i get he's calling it like mike but it has nothing to do with basketball it's a it's music if the question was music he'd win but it doesn't and he said he doesn't have any dicks to me because i have a good pitch so look that's, that's what it is it is what it is but the safetes brothers directing regina king You got Daniel Craig, you got Mahershala Ali. Zion should be there because he has a fandom already and he could take acting classes like they did for uh, Ray Allen.
0: All right. So that was Lyndon's pitch for a He Got Game reboot uh, starring Zion. And um, now we'll go to Schmidt for his final rebuttal here with 90 seconds on the clock. Schmidt, you can get started in three, two, one.
3: Look, if it takes you three rounds to flesh out your pitch, it's not really a well-thought-out pitch. That's my opinion. As far as the question goes, it was asked, what sports movie, what basketball movie would you reboot? It was never specified that it had to stay within the basketball realm. So like Mike being a classic basketball movie, I figured you could use that as a play on Michael Jackson, and who is a star in and of himself, who was there was two MJs. There was Michael Jordan, there was Michael Jackson. And those were the two biggest stars of that time. And I think making a movie uh, at this time about Michael Jackson is, well, appropriate.
0: All right. Well, uh, that ends round one. And uh so Ian, what what do you think about this round one pitch between Schmidt and Lyndon?
2: Oh man. Um so it was a very well fought round. Um Schmidt, you know, your pitch, I could see instantly Adam Driver, like a close-up of his face, as he turns to the camera with his perm, and he just lets out a, whoo! Um, so I thought, you know, uh, very creative to flip like Mike like that and use the other famous Mike. Uh, so props to you for that. Lyndon, on the other hand, I feel like after listening to your pitch, I just actually watched the movie. That's how well you know thought out and put together it was. Um, Schmidt, I think you were at a disadvantage because Lyndon hosts this game. So he knew exactly what (laughs) he needed to go for in that one, uh, to flush it out well. Um, but the deciding factor for me came early. It was in round one when Schmidt said, I'm going to have the, you know, the piece of paraphernalia be pants. I thought you totally missed the opportunity for a white glove. Uh, so for that reason and that reason alone, I'm going to have to go with Lyndon in this one.
0: Wow that that that's a that's a good dig but I did not even think about that that definitely kind of p- puts me through my head but uh, for me I really appreciated Schmidt's pitch because it makes me really excited for these next rounds if he's going to come out here and I love flipping the question because I always you know my questions aren't always the most set and stone if you can find a way to at least to flip it and you know turn it into something that I'd never even would have expected Uh, That's always well appreciated, and you know, Lyndon as well. You know, when I had my match a few weeks back, I had a pretty well thought out, fleshed idea, and I mean, that's that's what this round one's all about. You get the time, give give us the lowdown, and like you said, I feel like I've seen the movie. Um, For me, uh, I'm always. I'm always a fan of being surprised. So I'm going to go with Schmidt for round one. So that's going to take us to the mystery third judge. Um, So you guys talk amongst yourselves while I go to the other room and talk with them. We are back with the decision from the third judge, the third judge, um, his knocks with Schmidt were what Ian said with thought that the white glove was, but it would have been the perfect idea for that. And also that, It really didn't have a basketball element, which he kind of was hoping that there would be a basketball element to this round as well. So, for that reason, we're going to have to go with Lyndon, and Lyndon wins round one, uh, which gives him control of the board for round two, just to remind people what's going on in round two. So, Lyndon, being the winner, will get a chance to pick a category and then a number to get a question. And once we establish the question, he'll get to decide whether he wants to go first or second. And the round starts with a two minute opener with uh, whatever you think of that question with, and then a, a question a period where we'll Ian and I will address what, how we think about the first pitch. And then we will go into the one minute rebuttal and that will be it for the round. So the categories for round two are choice, sports, film and TV. And those who don't know who, what choice is choice you get to choose what you want to pitch. You don't have to think about it on the fly. You get a question, you get some options, and you choose. So, Lyndon, h- out of those four categories, what are you thinking?
1: I want to go with film for the first one.
0: All right, and what's your number? Five. All right. Um, it's pretty on, on topic with what you and Ian will, and I will be doing later on on the network Uh, by talking about Goodfellas, a Martin Scorsese movie. This question is, Martin Scorsese is known for his gangster movies. Pitch a gangster to use in a movie that you would like to see him tackle. Um, You can interpret the gangster however you want. And um, would you like to go first or second? Second, please. All right. So, Schmidt, you will have two minutes on the clock to answer this question one more time. Martin Scorsese is known for his gangster flicks, pitch a gangster to use in a movie that you would like to see him tackle. So you will have two minutes on the clock. You can get started in three, two, one. We're going to take this
3: a little bit global. I'm going to pick a global gangster, uh, Dawood Ibrahim. is one of the most famous gangsters in, in India. Uh, actually, He's actually a global terrorist, and I would love – for Martin Scorsese to branch out rather from the nitty gritty um, in your neighborhood or in your city type gangster where it's, it's more real to kind of like this global uh, enterprising uh, terrorist of a person who controls so many different facets of crime and, and the different layers that it takes to get to that level and maybe even tackle a bit of his origin story, what it took for him to get there and then at his peak uh, where he's at, and address how the various government agencies and uh, police agencies are really going to go after this guy. And it could be a cool duality between him and his life and his background, but also a very small focus on, on the team that is specifically responsible for, for taking him in and kind of shifting perspectives
0: on both as they play this chess match between each other. All right. Um, definitely an uh, interesting pitch for Schmidt's first um, crack at this question. So, Lyndon, I'm going to go ahead and reset the clock now. You will have two minutes to have a picture for yourself. So, you can get started in three,
2: two, one.
1: Martin Scorsese is known for tackling either out-of-the-country movies or keeping it with with white culture and white America. Something I would love to see Martin Scorsese do is tackle a black gangster. And what better gangster than the man that Rick Ross stole his name from other than Freeway Ricky Ross, the man who brought crack cocaine into Los Angeles and really started the cocaine narcotics uh, sale. This also can be worldly because he dealt with the CIA, he had to go to Columbia, you see Freeway Ricky Ross deal with a CIA agent and gets him to give him the uh, cocaine, teaches him how to make crack. We then see him bring it back to the hood and into certain couple of gangs. So we'll get that story of it. And we get to see how he finessed the government and ended up making more money than the government wanted him to. He ended up stealing some of that money because he was supposed to give it back, as well as he beat so many police charges and everything by being such a smooth-talking m And And he always got out of uh, different cop insulations. One scene could be where when one of those Cops pulled him over, and he had 15 grams of cocaine in his back seat. And he basically talked him out of it by talking about a Laker game. And it's just that's how interesting a guy that Free Ray Ricky Ross was. He was worldly, and the thing was. He was, a college, he was a high school dropout, but he found a way through street smarts. And that's something that Martin Scorsese is great at is when he deals with street smart people, wise talkers. And this is what Freeway Ricky Ross is. It's up his alley with cocaine and it brings Martin Scorsese into a different city, which is LA and a different culture, which is black culture, something we've never seen Martin Scorsese tackle, something I would love to see him tackle. And no, the person to play Freeway Ricky Ross is none other than Daniel
0: Kaluuya. All right. Daniel Klua getting a lot of play on this show today. Um, Ian, do you have any questions for our contestants?
2: Um, so Lyndon actually answered one of my questions, um, as he was talking there. Um, so Lyndon, I guess I would say what prevents this from just becoming another gangster Scorsese film? Like what separates it from the bunch? Um, you know, other than the fact that it's not just about your standard East Coast mobster, you know, Italian, um, from the same block, uh, and Schmidt, what would make people be interested in the story? Um, you know, the same way that Lyndon's story might kind of get lost in the crowd of Scorsese movies, uh, what prevents your movie from being lost in the crowd of, you know, just mob movies in general, what sets it apart or what makes the audience here in America care, I guess would be a better question. All right, uh for Lyndon, my question will be um
0: d- do you think that this might be too far out of Martin Scorsese's wheelhouse for him to be able to rein that in and tell it right? Um where with Schmidt, my question, I'm kind of curious uh, who you think would play your main gangster, if you have any idea of who that could be. And, um, and that's about it, because you only got a minute. So I'm not going to bog you down with too many questions. All right, so Schmidt, you're going to be giving us your rebuttal first. You will have one minute on the clock. You can get started in three, two, one. Everyone loves a good gangster movie, but there 's nothing better
3: than appealing to a global crowd. Bollywood is one of the biggest film industries in the world it rivals hollywood and so if you 're able to tap into the Bollywood uh, viewership and and generate the kind of money that you can get with the Indian population that 's ideally the goal here and I think that 's what separates this uh, gangster movie from from a typical Scorsese uh, gangster movie and what separates it from a A regular Bollywood movie is the fact that Martin Scorsese is is doing a take on this. And so as far as who would play, there's a a really famous Bollywood actor, Amir Khan. He's done a a lot of good films that are actually have have become popular in in America as well. And I believe he would be the perfect, perfect person to play my, my, my villain here.
0: All right, Lyndon, you will have one minute for your rebuttal, and you can get started in three, two, one. As much as I love
1: Schmidt's pitch, if you know Martin Scorsese, his problem is he knows American culture. Schubert, that's why I don't think he'll be out of his wheelhouse is because he knows American culture to a T. And the thing that Ian wants is what makes this different from his typical movies is uh, Rick Ross ends up going to jail, but it doesn't stop at jail. He learns in jail. He ends up getting a law degree to get himself out and he exposes the Iran Contra. We'll get to understand everything about the Iran Contra and the CIA. But Martin Scorsese's worst films was when he went out of the country with Kundun and uh, Silence. We see Martin Scorsese cannot tackle non-American things as well. Those are his worst films. Now, Again, like with Ian's question, we get to learn everything about the Iran Contra through this eyes of this black man. And we get to see how crack was brought into the hood. That's what makes this different from a, a, a typical Martin Scorsese. And it fits in with the socially conscious thing of right now of how America has not given black people a fair shake by using one of their own right. to poison their communities. All right.
0: I'm not going to pretend I heard any
2: of the Name hey, because you were striking that from the record. Hey, Look <laughs> right, stenographer, good. scratch that.
0: You can scratch uh communities.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> right. Uh well anyway, Ian, what are you thinking?
2: Uh very good job by both of you guys um coming back and directly addressing our questions. Um I'm not gonna ask you a question. I just wanna hear what you guys oh, no, said in the last round. Oh this, that's this it? Is it. Yeah. Oh, I thought there was a lot. La- oh, okay. Mm-mm. Um well, I'm going to read the rule book here real fast. Um, so I guess if I would have to go with – I'm going to go with Linden, Um, just because he came back and, you know, brought the stats. Uh, he showed me the Carfax with Scorsese's work out of the country. Um, but Schmidt, again, very creative idea. Um, you're right on the verge, man. You know, these – Lyndon's winning these by a hair, so don't get discouraged here going into round three. Yeah, I, I would say the
0: same thing to Schmidt because I really liked his pitch. Um, but sometimes the benefit of going second is that you have an opportunity to to put the digs on, and I think that's what Lyndon did here. Um, I really can't, I really can't uh, rebut the fact that Scorsese hasn't had a good track record outside of the U.S. Um, and I, although I do still have my questions about how he would how he would tackle black culture. Um, I would have to go with Lyndon for this as well. So that would take us to the next round, round three. All right, let's, All right. Go, let's go TV. TV. All right, and what's your number? Six. Okay. Um, pitch a Disney princess to get an action series.
1: Bit.: It um,
0: could be a series or a movie, by the way. Or is it a TV, it's so it has to be series, a series. It's a
2: series. Um... Oh, man, I should go first, but yeah, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first. All right. I'm going to go first. All right, so again, the
0: question is, pitch a Disney princess to get an action series. Lyndon will have two minutes on the clock to give his first pitch. So, Lyndon, you can get started in three, two, one.
1: Okay, well, pitch, pitch a Disney princess to get a TV series. Well, I think the idea of a Mulan movie you don't get the full story, and that's why China was upset. There was more to the idea about Mulan, and that's what I want to explore. I want to get a series where we can explore her training, where she we can see how she had to go through the gruel. I want to have the political aspect of where is she a man? Is she a woman? And then, as well as give us more perspective on the villain of the Huns. Like that's the problem with the movie: we don't get to understand who the villain is enough. He's just this quote-unquote bad guy. But there's more to it about the Huns. It's about this idea that they were a better people, that they were conquerors, and that they felt that they had, it was God's intervention of why they should conquer this world. And that's why if you want a good action TV series, you need to have a great villain who you understand who you may can relate to. If not, you need to have good reasons why he's doing what he's doing. You need to have good characterization of of about, about a cast and about this woman to where you understand everything about her. And you have some political intrigue along with badass martial arts. It doesn't get any better than that. And I would want Uh, the the director of one of the best Mandalorian episodes, as well as the new Obi-Wan series to be my showrunner, Deborah Chow. She is someone who, uh, she's an Asian woman. She understands Asian culture. She won't butcher it. She'll understand it perfectly. And that's who I want to to lead my series. She's shown that she can do it with the Mandalorian and directing some amazing episodes. They got her to do Obi-Wan. Why not keep in the the wheelhouse of having someone who understands how to do a little samurai action with Obi-Wan? Because let's not act like Obi-Wan's not a sci-fi samurai. Ride, and let's get Mulan with this amazing sword, kicking ass and taking names, kicking the Huns ass. And that's what I want to see. And I'll explain more of my pitch in the next
0: round. All right. So that's it for Linden's first pitch. So we'll go to Schmidt. Again, the question is pitch a Disney princess to get a action series. Uh, you can get started on your pitch in three, two, one. Instead of going global this time, I'm keeping it here
3: in the United States. We're going with Pocahontas. I feel like there is no better story, no better way to tell the history of this country and, and the plight of the Native American people, frankly, through the eyes of Pocahontas and everything that went down in Jamestown. And I feel like this would be a tremendous opportunity to take you from the perspective of both the indigenous people here in america as well as the colonizers that were coming in from uh from jamestown where there's a great area of who the true villain really is you know you you like people on both sides of it but the sad reality is you know what's going to happen at the end and you're kind of waiting for that struggle to pan out the way it does i would have the west world director jonathan nolan Direct this to kind of give it the same gritty feel. I think he did a really good job in Westworld season one and two, um, tackling the western side of it. There were uh, some indigenous characters, um, some Native Americans in Westworld as well, and I feel like he can really expand upon that and bring it into Pocahontas, where you can have a few seasons long of each character's journey to the ultimate climax.
0: All right, yeah, I I, I like both those pitches. Definitely, uh, Ian. You have a uh, what's
2: your thoughts? You got any questions? Uh, I have no questions. No questions. No, just sell me with this last round. All right, it's even uh, in my mind right now.
0: For me, I want to know, Lyndon, where you're going tonally, um, because what the big issue with Mulan has been: what is the tone? We're gonna, we don't know this new movie. Uh, that's you know also something that if you wanted to address as well, you know if this movie is coming out regardless. So you, this, this series would be competing with a movie that is already out. Would it have any tie-ins to that? Would it play with the tone, with that tone or with the animated tone? That's kind of what I have with Mulan. Um, and with the Pocahontas pitch, Uh, I guess my one question would be the one thing that a lot of people push back on with that movie is that the romance was a little faked in it. Uh, will there still be, and we're talking about a movie that through what you said in your pitch has to do with, you know, the, um, the tensions. Would there still be the romance element that we're, we've come to know from that Pocahontas story? So we'll have one minute for each rebuttal. Lyndon will go first. Lyndon, you have one minute to, for your rebuttal starting in three, two, one. My problem with Pocahontas is, Yes, it's an action series.
1: And yes, you see, but you you see all the men around her fighting. My thing is I'm lifting up a woman in this time, in this culture. We don't want to see damsels in distresses. We want to see women who can take their own And grab the bull by the horns and fight. To answer Schubert's question, tonally, this is going to be a tone similar to Game of Thrones. We're going balls to the wall. We're going to focus in on the martial arts. We're going to focus in on the political aspects because that's what's going to make it in this Disney movie because they don't know what tone they're going for because it's Disney. We are taking the story of Hua Mulan. We are taking the story. It's not going to have the fantastical elements of a talking talking dragon. No, we're going to see war combat. We're going to see uh, we're going to see battles if you ever seen Marco Polo picture something like that from that Netflix series but we're going to tell the story of a strong woman that it's global it can attract multiple viewers the Chinese audience will be accepting of it because it's telling the true real story and American audiences can get behind it because it's martial arts it's political intrigue, it's sex drugs and
0: rock and roll whereas with that's it. Pocahontas that's it sex drugs and rock and roll all right, uh, Shamid, you'll get one minute for your rebuttal. You can get started with that in three, two, one.
3: I'm glad that you pointed out that we're, we're uplifting women here because my Pocahontas is not going to be a damsel in distress. My Pocahontas is going to be a very capable central character who is responsible for both sides of the, the Native American people as well as interacting with the, the colonizers. Now I do realize that the original Pocahontas came with a lot of criticism uh, with regards to the romance. And that is one of the reasons why I want to redo this as an, uh, more of an action series, because I'm, I'm not going to include that romance element, but I am going to include uh, an element where the people really have to confront the idea that colonizers uh, took women from the the native americans uh, you know either as slaves either as concubines either as something like that that is an area i'm going to address we're going to kind of leave it uh i don't want to get too dark here on this on this uh, pitch it play but we're going to go there we're going to explore those right. uncomfortable realities That's it.
0: all right well uh i thought that you know this was kind of a tough question and i was wondering what direction people were going to go with it but i was really pleased with uh, what you guys had to put out there ian what were your thoughts
2: um I enjoyed both of you guys' pitches. Uh, I really like both of those movies. Um, if I had to pick here, I would say I'm going to go with Schmidt actually, uh, because you know the idea of exploring the, the dark side of our own history is not something that anyone really attempts very frequently, unless it's in a nonfiction element. Um, and the idea of flipping a Disney movie that people had so much problems or so many problems with. And trying to do it justice uh, appealed to me a little bit more than uh, the modern-day Mulan. Um, you know, I, I really like the uh, the um, the history of the wars between Japan and Mongolia and China. Um, but just in this instance, Pocahontas—Pocahontas uh, uh, Pocahontas was probably the only thing that was going to compete with Mulan. Um, so that's why I was smiling. If you watch the the YouTube video, you'll see me laughing when Lyndon pitches. Mulan. And then Schmidt turns around and pitches Pocahontas right behind it. Um, Very good round again by you guys. uh, But Schmidt's got my vote.
0: I'll be honest with you, Ian. I did not know what I would have gone with because like immediately the first thing you think of is Mulan. So I, you know, when Lyndon said he was going first, I was like, well, I know what's coming here. And what I was really intrigued to to hear was what Schmidt was going to come with. And what he gave me, I thought was a really, really great pitch in a movie and a TV series that I would really, really like to watch. And of course, You know, as a person who named his childhood pet Mushu, I definitely am sad that there will not be a dragon in Linden's series. So I'll have to go with Schmidt to win this round. Uh, So Schmidt, that would turn the the control of the board over to you. You have your choice between the four categories of choice, sports, film, and TV. What is your category?
2: That
3: is a good question.
2: Let's go with, let's go with choice. All right. Choice. We don't really need to give you a number for
0: that because we have one question that we've uh, been choosing from in this category. And it is which of these eighties high school films would you choose to remake for today's teens? And um, the choices that we have remaining in this category are breakfast club, Weird Science, Teen Wolf, Dead Poets Society, Back to the Future, and The Lost Boys. Do you guys need me to repeat that? Yeah, please do. All right. Uh, Breakfast Club, Weird Science, Teen Wolf, Dead Poets Society, Back to the Future, or The Lost Boys? Cool. All right. So, Shemit, you get to choose whether or not you want to go first or second. I'll go first
2: here.
0: Okay. So Shamid will be going first. He will have two minutes on the clock to give his pitch for w- choosing whichever one of these. And it's always good to go first because then you get to make your choice. And uh, we'll get to find out what he has for us with uh, his pitch in three, two, one, go. I'm going to
3: remake The Breakfast Club. I feel like that was a really strong kind of coming-of-age movie that – brought together weird characters from different backgrounds and forced them to interact in in ways they hadn't before and illuminated the different backgrounds they all came from and um, brought them all together i would i would remake that into the more modern day society where you're in this situation where you know everything is so heavily focused on technology you know back in the 80s there were nerds and jocks and whatnot and while Some of the same archetypes might exist in today's high school. It's a lot more sophisticated. So we're going to explore all of the more sophisticated stereotypes that are in today's high school, as well as the different backgrounds people can come from. Um, If I'm not mistaken, all of the characters in Breakfast Club were white. You know, uh, that is definitely not going to be the case in in this new movie. In fact, I'm pretty sure uh, most of them are are going to be minorities in some way or fashion. We're going to explore those backgrounds and have them come together uh, and eventually see eye to eye by the end of the movie.
0: All right. That's uh, it for Schmidt's first pitch. We will turn the board over or not the board, but turn it over to Linda now. You'll have two minutes to make your pitch and you can get started in three, two, one. I want to go with back
1: to the future. What made back to the future so great was we explored a time period where at that time, the 50s was still close enough and they had this sort of reverence for that time period. It was like so- sock ops and things. And you want something that looks familiar. So to me, being that we're in 2020 and what's the most popular music at the time is hip hop music. So when we go back to the future, I want to go back and past. To the '90s, and I want to deal with seeing the hip hop generation. That's going to be our backdrop of seeing where how hip hop was formed, break dancing, and everything. And we're going to have a, a black character, and we're going to have a black doctor, so we can explore kind of the the black background of what was going on during hip hop at that time, where our main character's father had the opportunity to either work with Cool Herc or not work with Cool Herc and end up with this bullshit job that he has. No matter what, he would have still met his mom, but he didn't get to live out his dream of working with Cool Herc and starting hip hop. And that's something that we're going to see. Well, if he makes that choice, does he make his, his father's life better or does he make it work? And I think it's something that all that all people can get behind because hip hop's such the biggest uh, the biggest genre and it's educational because we're gonna find out about how hip hop started and everything. And we're gonna have the backdrop of the 90s with baggy pants, baggy shirts, like uh, early 90s, late 80s, uh, break dancing, graffiti. It's such a good time, it's such memorable. And that's what made Back to the Future so great was you need a recognizable time period where people can be like, it's far enough in the past to where we have some nostalgia for it. And you know the biggest nostalgia we have is for the 90s. And that's something that we will explore. Instead of seeing the white background, we'll see the African-American background with this Back
0: to the Future. All right. I think those are two pretty good pitches to uh, two movies I'm big fans of. Ian, do you have any questions?
2: Uh, big fan of both of those movies as well. Um, those are the two I would have gone with personally. Um, for, for Lyndon, um, who is going to be playing uh, the main characters in these roles? Do you have an idea about the actors? Um, you know, where is it going to be set? Um, you know, could be in New York, could be in Los Angeles, uh, could be Atlanta, um, or even not I mean, one of anywhere. Those towns I mean, that I just uh, named. Uh, Back in the know, future, middle of places places nowhere. Yeah. And there were a lot of places with budding hip hop scenes at the time. Um, with Schmidt, uh, tell me more about the technology aspect of this. I guess give me a little bit more about what the uh, the social classes might look like um in the high school game now um yeah that's my only question for you just tell me a little bit more about um you know how the characters intermingle how they meet initially that kind of thing uh with me
0: i want to know from shemit uh what's like the school climate like uh you know what uh you know Tell me more about like the principal character because he kind of has like a big role in it. That's why I kind of mean like, you know, what 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 is the, like the the school's vibe? Like are they a goody goody school? Or are they a school that notoriously has kids in Saturday school? Um, you know, what what's the school like? And for Lyndon, um, I have a lot of the same things as Ian said. My one thing would be to add on to that. Are we doing a DeLorean again or are we doing a new car? Gotcha. All right so schmidt started the round so he gets to start this round of rebuttal you'll have one minute on the clock and you can get started in three two one look we've had three back to the futures
3: who needs another one we've seen countless time travel movies let's not do this again with the breakfast club the central theme of this is how American teenagers really struggle with their day-to-day lives, how their relationship with their parents translate to them performing in school. My principal character would be Brian Cranston. I feel like he'd be a, uh, a great uh, um, teacher role to play, especially because we saw him play that in Breaking Bad, um, uh, but really, the focus here is the diverse backgrounds where the kids come from, the kind of struggles between the boomer generations of their parents not understanding the Gen Z and millennial generation of the kids who are constantly on their phones, they're TikToking, they're fortniting, all of the above. The kids are in detention for various technology-related reasons, whether it was texting in class or um, going on inappropriate sites in schools. Or making memes
0: of the principal, which, in fact, got one of them in trouble. All right. Uh, So, Lyndon, you'll have one minute for your rebuttal, and you can get started in three, two, one.
1: Okay. So, Schmidt
0: said something about my film,
1: and the difference is we're exploring a different race and a different comeuppance, and it's something that we all love, hip-hop, so we get to learn about that as well. The thing with his thing is, you're doing breakfast club with a new generation where no one has social skills. It's all up in their phones and they probably wouldn't talk to each other. Now to answer Schubert's question of who's going to be my doctor. I want someone who is a comedian, someone who can be bombastic and I want to revitalize someone's career. I want to go with David Allen Greer. He can be funny. He can get serious, but he's quirky. So you can see all of that. And I want him to go with a young female who is killing the game right now. She's going to be his niece who is a Mandela Stenberg from The Hate You Give. So we're giving a young black actress a chance to shine. And not only are we doing that, we're showing black culture. We're giving a, a, a generation of people who didn't get movies that were coming of age catered to them to where they can see themselves and young black kids can, can dream of time travel and sci-fi because that was something that- didn't All right, that's
2: happen. it. All right. So
0: I, I thought this was a pretty tough one, Ian. Uh, what are your thoughts?
2: Uh, I did too. Again, another very close round. Uh, you guys are killing it this game. Um, man, it, <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Linden. Um Just because of the jabs you threw at Schmidt at the end, um, again, I thought yours was a little bit more fleshed out. Um, yeah, I, I could just see a better feel for it um i did like the knock that there have been three back to the futures already um but you know this one is going to be so um just different yeah. in its overall look and feel I, the, the way it I seems like to me problem. is that it's a complete reboot you know where it's like yeah exactly instead of be, it being back to the future or five or whatever it's yeah we're not gonna thing. have 50 year old marty mcfly you yeah. know so I, i'm okay with that um so i'm gonna have to go with lyndon um again though great job schmidt uh just winning it by a hair is Lyndon in this one.
0: Um, yeah, this is another tough one for me. I might have to go to the third judge because I really like Schmidt's pitch. I could really see, uh, the, you know, he made a good point right off the bat that when the Breakfast Club came out, it was uh, an all-white cast. I think that exploring, uh, exploring it with a more diverse, uh, more diverse class with lots of different backgrounds would be, you know, way more interesting and even more interesting to see amongst the social structures as well. Um, so I kind of like uh, his breakfast club pitch um, where with Lyndon, I'm really confused about like some of, I just have like, con- you know, I have some confusions about like the time and I'm just a time travel junkie. So uh, I I just, uh, I'd have to go with Schmidt here on this one. So I'll go over to the third judge and we'll figure out if Lyndon's getting the win or if we're going to round five. Oh yeah. This was a heated discussion. This, this, was this was a tough one to choose. And, um, at the end, at the end of it, it looks like we're going to have a winner. The mystery third judge chose Lyndon, and Lyndon is going to, to pick up the victory three to one. Um, so congrats Linden. Uh, that was a, a good pitch there at the end, but I have to say that Schmidt came with some really intriguing pitches. Like some of the ones that he lost, I was, you know, even that first round, you know, like I said, I, I went for, with Schmidt and, um, I mean, I think that he did a really good job of giving us some out of the box ideas. That is what all what this game's all about. So, um, thanks to Schmidt for playing, and Lyndon, you know you uh, you, you get a, you get another win under your belt. You're going to the next round. <laughs> Look, Um, man, it was this was a difficult match. I
1: gotta thank Schmidt for coming on. He is a tough competitor that when next season comes around, people are gonna have to watch out for. Like I said, I had to focus in. If y'all notice, if you're watching this YouTube, I didn't look at the camera. I didn't pay attention to Ian or Schubert. I was looking down. I had to be zeroed in in this match. Zero dark 30 LeBron mode because Schmidt was that tough of a competitor. And that's my thing going into the next round. Now that the focus is off of Schmidt, I'm solely focusing on Charles and his weaknesses Charles let me tell you I know what you're good at and what you're not you're good at debating but when it comes to movies anime bro that's not your bag I'm not picking a sports question I'm not you better not let me win the first round because I will not pick a sports question I told y'all I'm going heel to face next season I might be a face this season I'm a heel I'm coming for the championship but I'm zeroing in on you Charles don't forget it
3: All right, no, see how could I have competed with with that? You know, you know, you know what I mean? Like, this dude, this dude should be the favorite. If I lost to him, y'all are lucky because y'all would have seen me in the next rounds, and y'all don't want to see me in the next round. So, that's what I'm saying. This is good. (laughs) Y'all want to see me in the next round. So, you know, if I lost to this heavy hitter, man, y'all are in trouble. That's all I got to say. And better watch out for this dude. And I got to say, Lyndon, you did luck out. There was no anime questions. That's two, two rounds in a row for me that I haven't hit up anime questions. Me, bro.
1: I, I haven't gotten one this entire time. I've played this match.
3: I've been, I've been rigging I've been this game one. against me. It's rigged. <laughs> I know I've seen it live. I'm gonna be back next year and uh, just watch out.
0: Hell All yeah. right. Well, thanks again, Schmidt for playing and Lyndon. We'll, oh, well, this was a marquee wait. matchup. Let's oh, yeah. te-
1: tell us where you can find him at on social media and tell us about his podcast.
3: Yeah, y'all can find me at Fear the Brown uh, on Twitter, and I have a podcast where I talk all Pelicans all the time with Mason Ginsburg. It's called In the Know. One of the um, best. My Twitter is mostly Pelicans and NBA based. Which right now there's a lot of stuff going on uh, that's really important to talk about.
0: Uh, so just hit me up, and thank you for having me. Yes, Schmidt, thank you so much. And everyone, check out his podcast. You know, we're all, you know, at least in and very big Pelicans fans.
1: He did not mention his article for Bourbon Street Shots, but he just wrote an amazing article recently that you guys should definitely check out, where he talks about what we should draft for and how, like, we should look for, instead of not making the mistakes of old. And I think that's a very important article for Pelicans fans to check out.
0: All right, well... This wraps things up for Pitcher. Ian, do you have any final words before we get out of here?
2: Uh, yeah, great job to both you guys. Uh, like I say, some of those rounds could have gone either way. Um, I do not want to see either of y'all next year when I'm in this competition because that was a hell of a match. Um, you know, just great job, guys. Um, and Linda, congrats on moving on. Uh, Charles, you better watch out, man, because he looks pretty focused.
1: I'm coming. I'm coming for his ass. I already know what this- he's doing.
0: This was a marquee matchup, and Lyndon Charles will be also be a, a marquee matchup. Be sure to wait, uh, tune in when we do that match and also to keep listening to this episode of the Bros Who Binge because we got some more views coming at you. So well, this is it for Pitch It, and back to Adam and Lyndon on Bros Who Binge. Lyndon, you did it. I did Thank my you. thing.
1: I did my, you know, you know. I, look, if you watch the footage, not if you're listening to this. If you, if you watched us on YouTube, you saw how zeroed in I was. I didn't look at Schubert the entire time. I didn't look at Ian. I didn't laugh at their jokes. I didn't kiki or ha-ha. I didn't do any of that. I wasn't, I wasn't friendly to our opponent. I zeroed in, locked in. It was going for the W. And I think I showed my strategy. Aggressive. I play aggressive. I play the game aggressive.
0: You know that's the thing that a lot of people who have played the game or are learning the game and coming into it next season are going to learn that the digs are what are what counts. Like if you can get the right dig in there, it kind of changes the whole direction of what's of the thought process of the judges because it puts those little inklings in their head that's like, oh, well, maybe that isn't a good pitch.
1: And the thing is, it's like we've we've said from the jump, the pitch is fifty percent. The other fifty percent is how you argue your pitch. Now you could argue before off be full defensive and defend your pitch and make bolster your pitch and and i've seen that work we've seen that with louise we've seen that and that this is no disrespect to any of the other competitors we've seen that with louise we've seen that with charles we've seen that with with different competitors but to get the dub sack you gotta go on the offensive you gotta throw some punches and i had to throw some Shamid threw some too great match
0: man great fucking yeah. match Shamid definitely had some out-of-the-box pitches that i really appreciated
1: he says he's gonna um, be ready for next season. He's already talking shit to me in, in the DMs.
0: Yeah, it was one of those things where you guys were so close to getting the anime topic, and I think that's what everyone would have liked to see—the battle of you and Schmidt going into an anime topic. I'm, I'm gonna get it. It's gonna come. It's gonna come at some. What's time. gonna happen is gonna happen against Charles, and Charles better start. You know, <laughs> at least looking up like what animes are called. And because like, he's going to have to come up with like something. He when it, better, when not, he better
1: not pitch Pokemon against whatever I'm going to pitch. Cause he's, that's going to be an L <laughs> I'll, or I'll pitch Pokemon too. And just pitch a pitch Digimon and just pitch a better, better, a better story of what he's done. I don't know, man. Look, I'm focused in, I'm zeroed in Charles knows. I already shot him a text. I shot him a text. I was like, bro, I'm coming for your ass. I, I, just, I Look, I'm going to tell y'all what <laughs> I said. Cause I, I, right as the match ended, I texted him. I was like, I was like, bro, I'm coming for you. Hold on. I sent him this, and then I'm gonna tell y'all what he sent me because I think it's important that he knows. Okay, so I tweeted. I at I, 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 Wednesday night. I said, don't tweet about this yet. Wait till Tuesday. But I'm coming for your ass. He sent question mark. I said, I'm your next opponent, bitch. He says, law. I said, I'm going to the finals. He says, eat it. I, I, I said, I told him I talk shit at the end of the match, and I'm gonna post this promo on Tuesday. And I go, you can record a response. He goes, I just want you to know I haven't tried yet. And I was like, oh, you haven't tried yet. Okay. Okay, brother. We shall see. I'm coming for your ass, Charles Reese. I'm, I'm coming for the crown. And then after I beat Charles, I gotta, I'm taking it, like Kawhi Leonard said, beautifully against Luka Doncic. He's taking it one game, one day at a time. I'm not even worried about Jake Madison. Jake Madison, I don't even know he exists. Right now, focusing on Charles. I know his weaknesses. I know his... Tr- see, that's the thing. Charles, out of, out, more so than Schmidt, Charles is a one-note player. More so than Schmidt, Charles has this. He's, he's dominant in sports. But when we step out of the sporting arena, can he... match? Because see, the thing is, I can match his sporting, but can he match my movie, TV, and anime knowledge? I don't think so. And that's what separates me from a lot of competitors. That's why if, if I get to Jake, it'll be a crazy match. That's all I'm going to say about that.
0: And also, uh, because your match, you brought us to our choice. You, you did the choice one, and we only had four movies left on the choice thing. There's we got a new choice. Yeah, it's going to be a new, new choice. Yeah, a new, got a lot of a new, new questions. So, so if that gets brought up, you know, that, that's going to throw people for a loop because I'm, I'm making that question as we speak.
1: You know, it's um, going to be lit. And, and, and just so people know, we're not cheating. I don't know. I don't have the question sheet right now because I'm competing. I don't know what's going on. It's all, it's all Schubert and Ian running everything behind the scenes. Shout out to Ian. Ian did a, Ian's doing a phenomenal job. Let me just say that. Fucking love that guy. Ian Ian has come in, doing a phenomenal job hosting, pitching. I, I'm i going to be interested to see how he plays next year's season from going from behind the judge's chair to the – because it's different in the lights. I, like you said, when you did your match how, after, you told me you're like, Bro, I was sweating. I, I finished my match. I was drenched. Yeah. And it felt like I played a sport.
0: And I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? Why am I sweating? It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Because you got... Especially when you get to round two. Like, round one, you kind of feel okay because you prepared. You know, you got, I almost you blew got round thing. one, by the you way. You almost did blow round one because you put it a little bit too long. Like, but,
1: okay. Can, can we... I thought that, in, and I, that's why I didn't, I didn't mind his dig at me. Like, it took him three rounds to get his pitch out. To me, I thought that was a positive dig because it's like, my pitch was way more detailed. Like, I, when Ian said he could see the movie, it's true. Because I fucking painted that picture. Like, you knew 1,000% what my movie was. Where his, it was like, like Mike, you're talking about, has nothing to do with sports. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing?
0: Which, which was intriguing.
1: Which was intriguing, but we got a little. We'll talk about pitching another time. But All yeah, right. sh- shout out to Schmidt.
0: Glad to glad that we had that match on. So, Charles, I'll see you. So, London, we got back into the theater. We did this movie, New Mutants. was supposed to come out years ago. Years, years ago. Yep. Finally, makes its screen debut. Did it live up to the hype? Or not really hype, but did it live up to the waiting game? That's an interesting question. No, it did not. But I, I liked it. I
1: liked it. I really did. Look, this movie is... I, I didn't see what was wrong with the movie, but I get why people wouldn't like it. Yes, there are certain, certain characters just got shallow, shallow, like, characterization. Certain characters were kind of portrayed interesting ways, maybe not so like how they're supposed to be, maybe not how they were described. And certain things like the villain was like a, a bear at the end of the day. It was like a figment
0: of, of another character's imagination. They so, had a, Okay, so here, here's my thing. And like, I thought, I, as you said, and I think you liked it way more than me, but I liked it. And I thought it was fine. But like, this is one of those things where you, you told me like, oh, it's short. I'm like, okay, cool. But this is one of those short. times where I'm like, probably should have been longer. You could have fleshed out these characters a little bit more. There was a villain that was in it, like the what the Essex industry. Yeah. And that would have been something to explore a little bit more, something to explain a little bit more.
1: I think that has also to do with the fact that Disney bought Fox. I yeah. think this I think this movie coming out around the time of merger was like okay, you can use certain, like you can use the Essex name, but you're not going to use anything, like you're not going to reference Mr. Sinister by name. You're not going to do who's it about. So it was, to me, I just appreciate, I, and, and I told you this before we started, I don't know if I was more excited that we were finally back in theaters or was the movie that good. I know for, I know three things. Number one, Ileana Rasputin has to, has to, has to be in the MCU. Maybe not, maybe not Aaron, Aaron Taylor-Joy, but, like, my goodness, I love magic as a character.
0: I mean, I would – if Ani taylor, taylor came Jordan. back and, and did it, I would be fine I would with be that because okay. she is a great actress. And she killed and it. I, I loved I her portrayal as
1: magic. She was probably one of the people who got the, probably some of the most characterization. Sure. That's, maybe that's why I, I connected with her. I like that character so much that I went read New Mutants after I got out because I thought magic was a badass. Number two, yeah. Maisie Williams killed it. I thought Maisie Williams did an incredible job in this. I thought I saw the growth of of an actress from Game of Thrones. Like I I saw growth in her and she made me believe this character a lot more. I loved it. Number three, I thought Cannonball's powers were cool and they looked cool, but other than that, I didn't really like the guy from Stranger Things. His accent was kind of trash. And this is where we get into my negatives. Didn't like the the hospital lady. She was kind of trash. She was whatever. Didn't like um the girl uh, D- Diana oh. Moon or what a Shadow Moon
0: whatever whatever yeah. that that girl M- was who, Moon Moon Star, I think was her last name
1: Danielle Moonstar yeah who conjured up the demon bear didn't like her and I didn't like Hotspot or whatever his name is bro I didn't the like that guy the person who was
0: supposed to be Brazilian and didn't even have an accent who or sounded like he was Latino. a he looked like a California surfer yeah Henry Zaga or whatever didn't I mean, like he, him. He actually is born in Brazil, but he did. But like the, his portrayal of the character did not really seem like, like he was from Brazil at all. So I'm just like, what the hell? Um, yeah. And but I, and I did think that his like character. Had some interesting aspects like his, you know, his come up story was kind of interesting with like how he like burned up his girlfriend or stuff like that.
1: I thought but all like, of them had interesting backstories, but they just didn't expound, but they, on they didn't play
0: into, into it enough, yeah, yeah. And like, I understand, like, Anya Taylor Joy, Maisie Williams, and um, and Blue Hunt's character Danielle Moonstar were like the main focus characters i suppose like and, and you could even argue that uh, uh alanya rasputin wasn't necessarily supposed to be like the main focus it was mainly supposed to be i feel like rain and danielle because they have like a from what i was reading a post movie like what you said like i looked into a little bit more is they're supposed to have like a telepathic connection which the director decided to interpret into As a like, romantic. Uh, yeah. And I and I dug it. I which, dug it. Which worked for me. And I felt like it worked. And I you know, maybe people are gonna have some digs about it. Um, but I felt like that that was a proper direction to take with it. And um and I liked you know what Maisie Williams did with her character. Um and the I felt Demon like they, they did a good job. Better.
1: Now that I'm looking back at it, like
0: I was really just hype about Anya Taylor-Joy pulling out a sword and just swiping it two times. But I mean like for, for what it was supposed to be as a horror film, it didn't really like match up. Like I was telling Lynn about this, like, you know, when you look back on it, there there really is. And you, you know, you look at the credits, right. Right. I'm looking at like, you know, people who were in it, only six people who were really in it. Like, I felt like it could have benefited from maybe having like a throwaway character that you could killed off or like you know having some kind of gore element in it where like and and i i may, some of the horror stuff got taken out from what i'm hearing maybe that was having to do with disney but And this movie
1: and this movie was supposed to have x x-men apocalypse ties but when apocalypse sure. didn't do well as a movie they had to cut a lot of that storm was supposed to be in this movie professor x was supposed to be in this movie i'm i'm guessing this movie would have looked a lot different if apocalypse was successful
0: yeah it probably would have and you know and i don't really necessarily blame too many people when it comes to this like i felt josh boone this is really like his second big director thing besides fault in our stars which you know fault in our stars was fine as uh, what it was and like i feel like this was fine as what it was like when when it comes to giving the rev- uh the score like i'm not gonna like It's not as like Rotten rotten Tomatoes did, but I mean, I'm not gonna like say that this was like one of the greatest superhero movies that I've seen. And but I mean, I felt like I I don't, I I almost feel like having it get delayed so long was like a disservice to it because if it would have came out as it was like pretty early on, like I feel like people would have appreciated it for what it was. But like now, it's got like so much buildup. And, like guys, and it's like the end of an of era with the Fox era and everybody's true. like, let's get
1: to the MCU X-Men. So like, yeah, this movie just didn't have a lot of things going for it, but look, I'm going to give it a solid 6.97. I enjoyed it. It was an enjoyable film.
0: I was going to, I was going to say a six, like IMDb gives it a 5.8. I feel like that's not, that's not too far off. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm high. I'm high at 6.9. I'm high. I'm not going to lie. But I, I, something about magic and, and Anya Taylor Joy just really just dug. it. I just dug it, especially when her little dragon was on her.
0: Her dragon, yeah.
1: Yeah, like I dug all of it. I dug, I dug the Limbo Land. I, I loved the line when they were like, he, "The demons bear magic. What are you gonna do?" She's like, ha, ha, bitch, I'm magic."
0: <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, I did think porn. like some of uh, the fears that Danny conjured up worked. Like, I, I, you know, I thought the the burnt person in the pool was thrilling. You know, the yeah. and having it, you know. Uh, Having, having ilana raspy scarred
1: again like by that priest i thought that by shit the
0: crazy. priest the priest you know that was scary as well so the the,
1: and, the one guy who got kind of shafted was the stranger things guy
0: yeah yeah because like his fear or whatever is just him back in the coal mine or whatever yeah. seeing all the people that he killed got shafted i thought the, the demon
1: creatures with the mask that came after iliana was dope like like i, I, yeah, I, I, I like man yeah I like a lot of this movie, but just a lot of it didn't work. And I, and I understand looking back at it, like, the fight of the bear, then just having her conquer her fear and thus everything's over. Having, like, the, the lady who was in charge of them have, like, an early exit that wasn't really satisfying. Although I did like when Wolf Bane scratched her up all crazy, like, that she's a badass.
0: Well, now, hear, hear me out on this one. I feel like this movie would have been a good first half of a full movie. Mm. like and say like the second half maybe not even a full hour but like another 30 40 minutes of it being like them going up against uh the the uh what was essex Essex. Mm. essex corporation where at least like maybe you get a little bit more into what they're all about true true
1: look like i'm not mad at that i'm not mad at that but uh, like i said i hope anya taylor joy comes back i hope Maisie williams comes back because the mcu could use them like you know you could throw that i don't know how you explain it but like you know use them they're pretty good
0: they, i think it's I pretty like easy characters. to ex- i think it's pretty easy to explain because they really didn't have any connections Eyes, nothing so all like, they did all know, they did was to- mention
1: x-men once they mentioned x-men like twice
0: yeah, like, the, we know that they're in the world. Yeah. Which is the thing. So, like, you'll say that you bring in the X-Men or whatever, and, you know, they didn't really, like, go into, like, how established the X-Men were. They just yeah, knew they were. Yeah, no, they just were knew who pretty pretty
1: they much. were, and that's it. So, like, it could be, it could be literally once the MCU's X-Men are established, you could bring these people in.
0: Yeah, the only issue is, is that since this was done so far back, is, like, I don't know if Maisie Williams... Looks as much young. as she did, like she did when she was reign, which maybe that's something that I could play into maybe they've become older and more established in their powers, yeah. which, and could, you could, tie which could be in interesting, too. If you
1: bring a Colossus to the X Men, because that's that's a Pietro or Peter Rasputin, Ileana's brother, so like mm, there's a lot yeah. of ties to it, so you know, See, could, like
0: that's that that makes like the I- Ileana Rasputin thing more possible because I think they do want to bring Colossus into it. Yep, and like that's it. that's her sister. So, you know. So.
1: That's something that we could see, but let's talk about something cuz now you got me kind of sad cuz I was I was really high on this movie, but maybe it was cuz of the theaters first time back. Maybe once Well, I it's get... not like
0: I'm not sitting here trying to trash it because I mean, it wasn't a bad movie. I just movie. don't think
1: it was as bad as everybody was
0: making it seem on the internet. Like the internet now, was really shitting on this movie. Now, honestly, I think it's rewatchable. Ooh. Like I feel I feel like if you put this on a streaming service down the line, I would watch it again yeah I think I would because it because it's short it's, real, like, it's, it's
1: not long it it, it, it it doesn't ask much of the of the viewer it's not asking no. a lot of you. It's just like just sit here, watch Ileana Rasputin be cool, watch rain be cool, and watch these this teen angst. It's a bunch of teen angst sure. and i'm like, I'm cool with it It's not like c w melodrama and teen angst at least this teen angst comes with like some fuck you and some you're a bitch like. And a lot of a lot of racist jokes from Ileana Rasputin.
2: Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, against uh, uh, Native Americans. Yeah, I was um, just
1: like, ooh, yay!
0: Okay. But like, so like in comparison to like uh, the uh, the Fox universe, like I would watch this over a lot of the X Men stuff that's been put out, like Apocalypse or Dark Phoenix or you know, I'd OG X Men. Like Last I'd watch Stand. it.
1: O- I'd watch it over X Men One.
0: Maybe I don't not. Know
1: about that. Maybe not X Men Two because X Men Two is pretty cool. X Two X- is, X-2 is, cool. Good. X-2 is good not for, first class is phenomenal days of Future first class past and of Future past are
0: up there with mcu films like,
1: I, t- like I might watch this over deadpool or deadpool 2 that's that's you that's me yeah deadpool 2 i like deadpool 1 mm,
0: not so much which you is know, which blasphemy is for a lot yeah, of deadpool you know, fans
1: and logan's a masterpiece so right. none on that but uh let's get to lovecraft which was absolutely a good a good bit of horror Absolutely, scared the shit man. out of me a little bit. Leti- La- Letitia Lewis is becoming one of my favorite characters, man. Letitia fucking Lewis, she's kicking ass and taking names, yo. Okay, I don't even know where to start with this. So, it it literally this this show makes it seem like each episode is this different vignette
0: of like horror and story while we slowly unfold. Now this was the, the, the first story. time like I started. I felt like they did a good job of tying everything. Like that was where the th- that was one of the things. Like I did feel like that vignette thing for like half the thing. And then once we got to the end and then especially the very end, I was like, oh, so this is how this is all tying together. Um, And and I'm glad
1: they did that too because like the ending with Tick in The White Girl... I don't know her name. She she even called herself the white girl this time, like a dead. Yeah, <laughs> you don't kill a white woman in that no, Don't be
0: killing random white women. Look, she, she
1: she told she it, when she undid the blinds, I was like, ooh, this is a this is a dangerous bitch. <laughs> like, she, tick, you're a clown and and like all the thing where she was telling like her dad's power, and I was like, well, damn, what's her power? Can she stop Christina people from, Braithwaite? Can Christina Braithwaite stop people from like doing things? But we're getting ahead of ourselves. So this episode starts off. Letitia Lewis is buying a house for her family. She thinks it's like inheritance from her mom so she wants to have as like this boarding house for colored people to come and live for black people to come and live and whatnot and like so this house is haunted there was this guy performing like weird human experi uh, ex- uh experiments well, i mean down i think we're basement. even getting a
0: little bit ahead of ourselves so like you know they're back from this experience yeah uh, they're not telling anyone you know uncle george is dead like they Tick just told him a sheriff the him. House. they said and a insane. sheriff shot him yeah and then they shot the sheriff
1: yeah, and they shot the sheriff, and, like, the wife feels, like, a little on edge about it. The wife feels like they're lying about something.
0: Oh, and it's also kind of mad at Tick, too, because, like, you know, she probably feels like he has a bit to do with this. He's not telling her the whole story. He's living in her house trying to, like, fill in a role, and she's a little bit fed up about it, but then, oh, she's you know, like... like,
1: are you sure? Like, you tripping, lady.
0: <laughs> I mean, I feel like she would be a little suspect about it all, but, you know... Yeah, like, then, what, what,
1: know, if, what Like Michael K. Williams said, what are they supposed to tell her? Like, Oh yeah, these wizards exist. <laughs> like, right. you know, like what the fuck are they supposed to say? Like, I feel like that story is a lot better explainable than what what the real truth is. Like, sure. like like they say in that I forget what movie that is, the uh Jack Nicholson Tom Cruise movie where Tom Cruise is a lore. you can't uh, handle the truth. Like yeah. bitch, you can't handle that truth. You don't want to know that.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I agree with that. And um and then we get to like Letitia, like you said, she buys that boarding house f- with her sister. Kind of. um kind of. And that and she's getting pissed more. With and more with this, this inheritance thing. money that we come to find is given fin- from the Braithwaites. Yeah, given from the uh the slave owner
1: family. That's Tick's relatives. <laughs> yeah. Tick- Tick's White's cousins. That, that's what we're gonna call them. Tick's, the white cousins. Yeah, Tix White cousins, because that's that's what they are. Tix White cousins. So, and, and then so they're they're doing this shit. taking and her and Letitia are having like this. I haven't talked to you since the funeral. I know shit's crazy. Like, how are we doing this? Tick's still thinking about his boogie in, in Korea. Like, I got my lady in Korea, but I don't know if I really want to mess with her. If I want to be with Letitia, and then like these white people are causing ruckus in the neighborhood saying, like, we don't want you Negroes to live by us. Posted. Blaring like, the horns. Yo, I would have, yo, talk about an annoying thing to do to somebody. I would have, she, she, Letitia was good, because I'd have broke, I'd have took those bricks off those horns day, bro, how could she sleep? How, how could she sleep, bro? That was a lot. It was wild. It was just like,
0: damn. And then when Tick was like, yeah, this is the same tactics that we used in Korea, I was like, damn, like, yeah. these people are. They're just doing the most, bringing the war stuff out here on these people. Doing
1: the most, bro. And then a lot of moments in this where it shows the horror, like when Letitia's first waking up after hearing the uh, after the night of being in her house, and we see like hands slowly start to move the the blankets, and it's just showing how this house this house is haunted. We see like the 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 elevator almost takes her damn head off. Yeah, the first time we see in the background, we see like. Black people with like one lady had her boobs cut off, and like one dude had pipes coming through his bodies. We're seeing that in the background and shit. And then, like, so they have this party. Uh, They they end up, the the white people in the neighborhood end up putting a burning cross in the yard. They all come out with their guns, and they're like, We're about to, then Letitia comes out with a bat. She starts breaking up all the windows, taking all the horns off. The cops come and arrest her, and this cop's like, what do you know about this haunted house being like a creepy cop? And like, they start b- bringing the car around. I was like, damn, you have to do that to that lady. Like if that was a dude, sure. But like a lady, like you had to bang her around in the car. And like, she could have died from that. I was just like, damn, feel for you, Letitia. Sad times at Ridgemont high. And then so racist shit, bro. super racist shit. So then she finds out that the house is haunted, has connections to this guy. Uh,
3: Epstein. No, I mean,
0: Michael. like I, you know, I think it was a whole crazy thing because she finds out that, you know, this Epstein guy has been doing the thing. She finds out that that cop has had connections to the Epstein guy and was pulling, like, you Strings. Know, pulling missing persons how out, did of you the, feel, out of the south side of Chicago for him to do experiments on them. How, how did you feel when it was uh, a guy named Epstein
1: in the law pulling kids mm. out of the street? experiment on my girlfriend my girlfriend literally stopped what she was doing and was like
0: epstein and i was like oh yeah this is pretty wild um you know was that
1: on the nose with like am i am i reaching
0: (laughs) i mean i i feel like they probably just like came up with the name or whatever but like it it works (laughs) it it works it works really well but anyway i digress from that But But, um, the, the one thing that we didn't mention in that party that was kind of crazy was the Ouija board scene.
2: Ooh, that was...
1: That, b- the biggest are we sure. Let me just say this, as a black person and someone from the black community, <laughs> we're not touching a fucking Ouija board, dog. I'm sorry. That's not happening. First off, like... First off, where they get it. That, secondly, as a black person, having white friends... I have been in a house where my white friends were messing with a Ouija board, and I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good, I'm good. Then all of a sudden, the lights went out. You know what I did? I left. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. I'm out. I'm out. Like, I'm not bullshitting, y'all. America, I'm not bullshitting. This is the truth. I, black people don't fuck with that, bro. I, like, why? Why? Like, there's a chance it could be real. Why fuck with that? So I didn't buy. I didn't buy. It. I didn't buy it. And also, where did the kids go? Because we don't see them at the end of the episode. That's another That's thing. That's true. Don't know where the fuck they went. Like D is gone. D is missing.
2: <laughs> it
0: disappeared. It disappeared. And so you know whatever. So then they um, call. And then uh, and then uh, old tick. You know pops a home homegirls cherry.
1: Yeah, see my girlfriend was like she was on her period, and I was like I
0: don't know. And the, when you watched it, how'd you feel? What'd you think? I, I I I didn't think she was on her period because like when when she like when he leaves or whatever, and she's her like, face. Looking at her, she, her face is yeah. like oh my god. I, I, I said the whole time, I was like, she lost her virginity. My girlfriend was like, no, that's
1: her period. And then when she said it, she, my girlfriend was like, see, told you. And then I was like, I don't know. And she was like, but I was like, maybe girls know, whatever. And then when it came out that she lost her chair, I was like, told you. I knew that's what happened. Tick took her virginity, old dog, slimy dog ass.
0: But that just shows- But see, it was very suspect because like uh, that homie came up to him and was like, yeah, I used to like roll around with her in high school. And I'm just like- He was
1: lying. He was lying. Bros were lying. He was lying to get into the coot the coochie, but Letitia is not what they portray her to be. They portray her to be this scandalous fuck up, but that's not what she was doing. At least maybe that's not like they'd always think like she was fucking up her life, maybe fucking around. I want to know
0: what she was doing in that time when she was away from her family. Well, they said that she was out helping people for the cause. You know what I'm saying? Like she was out you know, doing civil rights stuff. True. I, I just wanted to, I feel like there's more to that story. Were they, ta- were they talking about Martin Luther King? Who? When? In the in the party, they were like, yeah, there's this dude out the preacher. He's he used to be called Michael. Now he's calling himself Martin and he was gonna marry oh, the maybe. white lady.
1: Oh, they might have been. I need to go yeah. rewatch that. They might have been. I need to go. Yeah. Good. That if that if that is the case, that's a good call. But uh also then another Are We Sure. I don't know. At least I don't know any black people that would allow that woman to cut that goat on their porch and then took the goat's blood and put an X on their head.
0: That ain't happening, dog. I don't know. I believe that. But I don't know. I'm not a black person, so I don't know. But I mean, like, because I felt like this was like that Creole juju. Like, are are we sure that there ain't people down in Louisiana who ain't that?
1: Oh, that would do that? Yeah, probably so. I just know I wouldn't. That fuck, like, move, fucking move. You still got money, fucking move. It's not worth it. But she was trying to free the souls of the innocent black folk who died in that house. So look, I feel it. Then yeah, because if you
0: had that dark room scene where she puts the the pictures together, and that dude's that face comes scene. up, and that was supposed to be Epstein, I suppose.
1: Yeah. And then like they go down and then like uh these white dudes break into the house
0: and start messing up the seance. They end up dying. Well they didn't it. mess up the seance, they were just going up in there trying to beat the shit out of whoever was up in there, and then yeah. they found themselves getting killed. Yep. Yeah.
1: And the, the the worst death was when the elevator chopped that dude's head off, and I was like, ooh, decapitation. Ooh. And then their bodies magically vanish. But we'll we'll find we'll talk about that a little later. And then so then um So the seance. The seance happens. The the voodoo lady gets hooked, but then she gets let go. And then Tick gets hooked. Get out of my fucking house, bitch. Get out of my fucking house, bitch. And it was just like, oh, shit. And then Letitia calls upon the black souls to get them out. They get them out. Bro, when she, after they got all that out, didn't she look like she lost 50 pounds? Me and my girlfriend was like, damn, she looks bad right now. Like, you just went through the ringer. Like, I-
0: She looks real bad.
1: (laughs) She looked looked like that took some years off her life. But granted- Would have took years off mine, too. Like, they just went through. Just think about that. Like, I I, I said after that, how do they move on and live? But for real, you just went through two weeks ago, two weeks max, maybe three weeks. Oh, no, a month ago, because it was three weeks from the funeral. A month ago, you just saw vampire cow monsters destroy humans. Then you see the guy you're banging... The guy you're banging is a descendant of a slave who tried to be a wizard or a slave master who tried to be a wizard to get to the tree of Adam, thus killing you and the uncle of the guy you're banging. Then the guy you're banging gets his, I guess, white cousin to bring you back to life. And then the white cousin and the whole house, they all die. You dip out. Then you get a new house from an inheritance from your mom, which is low key, the white cousin who then buys this house who's a descendant of one of the people from the rival clan of the white cousins family and, and you deal with this whole haunted house shit and it's just like yo how do you live like it's like i feel for these people man it's been, it's now, been a I'm rough month like, and a half since
0: she was brought back to life from them i'm thinking like she has like this newfound i want to say power but, like, she's more attuned to, like, the supernatural world. I can Now that she's it. gone through that and had, you know, the death and all that. So, you know, that's why I think that she kind of spearheaded the whole movement. But, you know, as the show ended with Tick uh trying to kill his, you know, white cousin. Yeah. And, you know, not being able to. I think, like, the whole deal, what she was explaining was that, her family's powers and vulnerability and so like he couldn't shoot her because like at the end of the day she's invulnerable. Yeah so like it it wouldn't have done anything. So like it just stopped it. But that means Tick has those
1: powers too though.
0: He just has to find a way to
1: access them. Also it might be under that tunnel where all those people were because they said he the guy Herman whatever his name Herman Epstein was trying to get to the to the powers of Adam too and we saw when the elevator was going down where all those white kids' bodies where that disappeared. They had all those writings on the wall and shit, like, going down to the cave. So
0: Now, m- what I'm I might trying to figure out is, there. like, did some, like, supernatural force put the bodies down there, or did Letitia just, like, put the bodies down there and not tell nobody? Because, like, the the reporter lady asked her, and she's like, oh, I didn't know about any disappearances. So I'm wondering if yeah. she's lying or if, like, <laughs> and, what, and, and what that's all about.
1: Can we be honest? That's an are we sure. I'm going to let the yeah. show get away with it, but that's an are we sure. You're telling me in the 60s, if this black house, if this black family and all these black people lived in a house next door to three white people and the three white people disappeared, there ain't no way the police ain't busting down there and checking
0: everything. There's no way. Facts. There's That's, no way. I, I was thinking way. the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, how the hell are they not like busted up? How they not in jail? No. Way. But,
1: but I'll allow it if they explain it to where the white cousin took care of everything, then I could believe it because that white lady sure. has power. That's the only way I buy it. That's fair. And maybe that's why the white lady was buying off the realtor to get him to dip out. So there's no history of like her ever doing anything, you know? I I don't know. That's the only way I'd believe it. But I was just like, are we sure? Like Tick would have been in jail. Letitia was in jail. Like the the white kids clearly were at their house, came to your house, and now they're no more? And you're telling me their parents don't want retribution? Are we sure?
0: yeah so i'm interested I but thought the this horror was aspects the-
1: was good it was re- i was on the edge of my seat the whole time the gore yeah. the the exorcism the fucking all the jump scares everything that they put into this shout out to misha green shout out to jordan peele shout out to jj abrams they're keeping me on my toes each week
0: yeah i mean i'm super excited i thought this was the best episode to date
1: yeah for sure and i don't know where they go from here i saw the preview and i was just like
0: yeah, I'll read the synopsis for people. Uh, after Christina mysteriously shows up at the, at her doorstep, Letty confronts Tick about his plan to return to Florida. Later, in search of missing pages to the crucial text, Letty, Tick, and Montrose head to Boston with Hippolyta and Diana uh, along, along for the ride. Back in Chicago, a handsome stranger nurses Rudy's disappointment over a squandered job opportunity.
2: So who's this handsome stranger?
1: Is that the white guy? Maybe. maybe. I don't know, but Hippolyta shouldn't get... If, if I was a politician, you got a chance, lady. Life is giving you a chance to say, you know what? My husband's family is kind of crazy. I'm not fucking with Tick. I'm not fucking with Montrose. I'm not fucking with none of these people no more. I'm taking my daughter, and we're going to live somewhere else because crazy shit keeps happening, and she might die. I could see Hippolyta maybe dying or coming or somebody gonna die soon, and it's not gonna be Michael K. Williams, Tick, or Latisha. Maybe
2: Ruby.
0: Is maybe Ruby? Ooh, that would be good to Latisha. So, so as you know, as we finish up here, programming though moving forward. This show is gonna end two weeks after the boys ends. So we're gonna be Ooh. talking about Lovecraft Country and the boys at the same time for the next month.
1: Oh man, it's gonna be the and the Avatar rewatch. I know people are like, "Damn!" When y'all book, y'all are almost done. We got to wait. We're on book three. We're just waiting to start.
0: Honestly, Cora came out on Netflix, so people probably want to hear us talk about that. Honestly, we're probably gonna.
1: Honestly, we're gonna start book three probably after next week, just because next week has Tenant, The Boys, and
0: Lovecraft, and and Lovecraft.
1: Those are three. We try to keep it to three. So then the week after Tenant, it'll probably be Avatar, Lovecraft, and The Boys.
0: Probably yes.
1: Yeah. So Avatar in two weeks, but that'll give us some time because like book three is a big book. And we gotta dive you know, deep into book three.
2: And the one thing I'm really interested in
0: is uh, you know, we got new mutants that came out. And you know, we're gonna get tenant. What's next? Yeah, when are they put, spitting this stuff out? Because they put another Wonder Woman trailer in my showing of New Mutants saying I'm like, put this shit out. Yeah, Dune too. Well, Dune, we know is coming in December. Chris yeah, Christmas. Hopefully it follows October. through.
1: But yeah, man, solid episode this week, brother. The hundredth.
0: One hundredth episode, uh, the the comeback of movies on the Bros Who Binge as the theaters are open again. Um, open again at, at your own risk. Yeah, at, definitely at your own risk. But so, you know, you know, we are here. we are we are neither um, telling people that you should. We're just telling you that it is available. In that and that we're doing it. And that we've we have gone out there, and that they are putting precautions there, but at your own risk. I'm not telling you to go do it if you don't feel safe.
1: Yeah, that's a fact. That is a fact. Do what you feel is best for you. But like I said, if y'all can go eat out at a restaurant, I should be able to go to a movie. Fair. And if I'm not gonna say the other one that me and Schubert talked about in pre-pro, but Schubert knows how I feel as well. Like there could be gatherings of thousands of people outside doing certain events. Why can't I go to a movie? You know, and football. Yeah.
0: If, uh, yeah. Football's going to have fans. I see. I don't feel okay about that. <laughs> that I don't feel okay about. I would never, I mean, I would that. I would feel more okay about the open air stadiums than I would like Superdome. <laughs> yeah but uh but you know Thursday of this week in Hattiesburg Mississippi 9000 people are able to go to that game against South Alabama and Southern Miss so
2: that's I don't know if, nice. I
0: don't know if 9000 people are going to show up to a Southern Miss South Alabama game on a Thursday night because why would you that's crazy Unless, but it's available
1: we're going to see how that goes the south man interesting <laughs> but yeah, 100th episode, Charles. I'm coming for your ass. You guys can follow me at Limbwt. Follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Be sure to check out the Goodfellas Run It Back. Super, super dope episode. We broke down Goodfellas to T. I bet you didn't know Tom Cruise was up for the role of Henry Hill. Come find out about more of that on the episode. We talk about a lot of good stuff. And I'm going to put the poll up for the Martin scores for the uh, Quentin Tar- Tarantino film we should do next. That's coming up. Also, by the time you guys hear this, anime talk will be out tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that as well as the bros who think podcast coming on Thursday, but you can find all that information at bros who think on Twitter, follow us and subscribe on YouTube. Cause we got a lot of YouTube exclusive content coming, but subscribe at Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. hundred episodes. Thank you for sticking with us. We're going to make sure the next hundred are just as good, if not better. Plus we got some surprises coming in the upcoming weeks. I know we don't talk about it, but, yeah, we got some shit coming, so
0: just be on the lookout. Yeah, I feel like um, 100 turns a corner for us. We're coming into a new phase of this, now getting onto the video. It's just going to get better. My setup is going to uh, get better here in the, in the coming months, and um, it's going to be really cool. We're going to try and get back into the interviews. We're going to get back into reviewing movies, um, and uh, it's going to be fun, and we're definitely excited to bring it, bring it to you. you know, Honestly, yeah.
1: Y'all held it down during the dark times. Like shit's getting better now. The, the the last couple of months, we made it work somehow. Somehow, it worked. Where where TV shows and VODs TV were
0: was, yeah, TV was doing us a solid um, with some with some of the stuff that they released. Um, you know. Thank God for like, uh, Netflix and some of those cases, like they were putting out content like old you know,
1: guard I mean, project, I mean, like- old guard,
0: you know, even though extraction sucked. I mean, we had something to talk about, um, Yeah, you know, yeah. tiger King.
1: Yeah. Oh, that was, that was an era. <laughs> that so was, like that was a moment.
0: So, so the, you know, HBO max ended up coming, coming out during this period. So, you know, a lot I, of good stuff. Now we're in the good times. Yeah. So now we're in the good times and um, appreciate everyone listening in for, you know, if you've listened to all hundred, that's great. If you're just joining us now that we've moved to video, you're that's great coming too. in, you're coming in at a good time. Uh, make sure you check out everything that's going on with the Bros who think network, go back and l- watch some of our old pitch it matches as well. Um, but definitely keep, keep track with us and what we're doing. And uh, for, for, Myself, Adam Schubert, Lyndon Burton, Schmidt Dua, um, Ian Holly. Yeah. Ian. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who was part of this this week's episode. And as always, stay safe and keep binging.